Jay and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So I look down at uh, today's show sheet put together by Justin Ellick, our fine executive producer, sports uh, anchor, does all those things very, very well. And I noticed, looking through all the guests today, and a lot of good guests stopping by, Karen Curtis, she's down at 850 WFTL in Fort Lauderdale, the latest on Hurricane Ian that's about to batter the west coast of Florida. In fact, I just saw Angela Moody, the, um, the attorney general on Fox News from Florida, and she is telling the residents of Western Florida, get ready for the storm of the century. It is that bad. We had Janice Dean on from Fox News yesterday. We'll go right down to South Florida with Karen Curtis coming up at 645 this morning. Paul King running for the house in my neighborhood, uh, the Rockaways in Queens, up against Gregory Meeks. He is going to stop by at 725 this morning, 740 he ran for governor yesterday, spent a lot of time alongside Maria Bartiromo on the morning show on Fox Business. Our friend Rob Astorino stopping by. 8.05, the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo as Aaron Judge continues his pace towards Roger Maris 61. Another night without a home run for Aaron Judge, a Yankee loss, in fact. So we'll talk to Christopher Mad Dog Russo about the Mets, the Yankees, Aaron Judge, Albert Pujols, a host of issues, and ironically, dog was the afternoon host all those years, Mike and the Mad Dog on WFAN. I will be on WFAN this afternoon with Craig Carton and Evan Roberts at 4 o'clock promoting my book, Citizens United. And then, as if that's not enough, coming up at 840, we do it twice this week with this great man, Bill O'Reilly. His book, Killing the Legends, comes out today. So we had Peter King twice this week, yesterday and tomorrow. Bill O'Reilly twice this week, today and Thursday. But I did notice at the top of the page, it reads Bernie and Sid in the morning, Tuesday, September the 27th. And what does that mean? That means it is my gorgeous, beautiful wife, Danielle's birthday. Awesome. Hey. 
Happy birthday. Yes, thank you. Now, I won't see Danielle today on her birthday. She's still in Wales with my daughter Ava at college. Danielle will be back late tomorrow night. And uh, hopefully the weather will be okay because uh, they're getting rain, actually, in London and Wales today. No shocker. But uh, we will not celebrate tonight her birthday because she's away with Ava. We will celebrate on Saturday. We have eight of us, including my friend Jenny Dolce, going to Peter Luger, which is our go-to spot, the best steakhouse and really the best restaurant anywhere in the world. That's coming up Saturday in Williamsburg. My good friend, I'm sure, Joe Nunziata will be there by the bar. So happy birthday to my beautiful, my gorgeous wife, the mother of my two great children, my daughter Ava in Wales right now, my son Gabriel asleep right now. Happy birthday, Danielle. They're going to have a a great day out there today. She's going to take Ava for breakfast. Then they're going on a university tour. Look at all the schools in and around Wales. And then... They're going to do some type of a, um, some other tour around town, visiting all the historical sites in Wales, and there are tons of those. So a beautiful day planned because, as I told you yesterday, my daughter Ava, now that it's crunch time and my wife is about ready to leave, she's freaking out. You know, Ava's one of those uh, free spirits, very independent. She's gone on teen tours since she's little. She did sleepaway camp, went to Israel, been to London a million times without us. And she really thought she was ready to do this. And maybe she is. But for the last couple of days, she's been a mess. In fact, Danielle has said, you know, go sleep in your room. Danielle went to Wales just to get Ava's room together. Got a beautiful apartment. I mean, beautiful. And all her clothes are in there and all of her stuff is there. And Danielle's like, go sleep in your room. I'll be a couple of miles away at the, at the hotel. And, um, well, anyway, Ava won't do it. Ava's like, no, Mom, I want to be with you. You know, I'm a little scared. I don't want you to leave. She's been crying the last couple of days. So now the dread of leaving tomorrow morning becomes worse because if we want to think of Ava was out there having a great time and I'm ready and I'm good to go, it makes it easier to leave. Hard, nevertheless, but easier but at this point, it is uh, not the case. Ava's very nervous. Danielle's all broken up. So by the time Danielle gets home tomorrow night, she's going to be a basket case. So hopefully by Saturday, she'll be able to celebrate her birthday and we'll have a nice weekend. But in the next couple of days, promises to be very, very emotional with Ava, Danielle, and in the Rosenberg household. So you're up to date on the family, folks. I know you love that stuff every day. Every day, Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg, Truth Social at New York Best Morning, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. Every day, I get messages, and a lot of them, from you folks out there that genuinely appreciate, look forward to, and love my personal stories, the family stuff, all that stuff. You know, you know, you know you're going to get plenty of Joe Biden Plenty of Donald Trump, plenty of Eric Adams, plenty of Kathy Hochul, plenty of Ron DeSantis, all that. So you're going to get it. You're going to get it with cuts, with guests, with all that stuff. But I think most of you, and I've been saying this for a long time, and we have these meetings after every show, and I would sit there with Bernie and Meany and before Meany, Dave Labrosi and Craig Schwab, driving home the same point every time. There's a million other shows that talk politics all day. Why is Bernie and Sid number one? It's not because we have a special way of describing some of these politicians. 
Now, in numbers, we're in smaller numbers here in New York. Because it's a blue state, obviously, in a blue city. You don't find a lot of Republican Trump lovers here. But there are some. You can go in your car right now if you've got satellite radio and put on Fox News or Newsmax, any one of these shows. But they like us because we're local and because we are family. That's why. And I used to have to really drive this home day after day after day in meetings. Calm down on the politics. Do a little more personal stuff, and you're going to find that these people are going to love you or hate you. Either way, they will listen. Otherwise, you become a news show. So what? So what? But I think we've, um, I think we've gotten that across. It's evidenced in the ratings and the revenue and all that good stuff, which makes WABC the power that it is now. You know, I had a conversation with a very powerful radio guy, longtime friend of mine. In fact, I'm going to see him later on this afternoon in lower Manhattan. And he was saying that the real reason why ABC is uh, doing so well, besides the obvious you, Sid, is John and Margot Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez, of course. But John and Margot, because Chad was there for Cumulus and we were still drowning the very famous... Michael Ray Richardson, quote, from the Knicks, this ship be sinking. (laughs) That was us. And then John and Margot came in, and now all of a sudden the station is back to legendary status. That's not an accident. That's hard work, great vision by John and Margot. And they put an abundance of talent all over the station, some better than others, but uh, a lot of big names, A lot of folks that Republican voters and conservatives are familiar with and tend to like. And they've made this, again, into a real big-time station. And he was saying that, you know, they really deserve a tremendous amount of credit. And he goes, I know you give it to him all the time because he listens to me. He doesn't listen to his own morning show. (laughs) He listens to me. That's the God's honest truth. And he says, I know you talk about John and Margo and Chad and all that stuff. He goes, but in the radio industry... When we're having our private conversations, we all say the same thing. John and Margo, WABC. So, boss, if you're listening, my dear friend John, I know you know this already, but if you don't, the most powerful guys in radio, when they talk about why this station is where it is today, you're the first guy they talk about. So congratulations. Uh, On the flip side, while John Katsimatidis has done an amazing job making this a powerhouse again, the mayor of this city. (laughs) I think you guys have figured out. (laughs) I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Eric Adams. But um, if you read today's New York Post, it's, it's a beauty because the front page goes on to explain just how hypocritical, ignorant, or if he's not ignorant, stupid and agenda driven Eric Adams is. They give you the number of migrants that have come to New York City. And they talk about the percentage of those migrants that Governor Abbott in Texas is responsible for. Because all you hear from Eric Adams is bitching and complaining about Governor Abbott. Bussing all those migrants to New York City. Five more buses arrived in New York yesterday while Eric Adams was in Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, wherever the hell he was. Five more buses came to New York yesterday, and Governor Abbott is making life miserable for Eric Adams. The truth is, is that 
Governor Abbott, Abbott, I should say, deals with thousands and thousands of illegal, illegal immigrants a week. Eric Adams deals in numbers in the low hundreds. If it's that many, that's number one. Number two, if I had to ask you, Lewis, take a guess, the percent of migrants that have come to New York City, what percent is Texas and Governor Abbott responsible for? You would think 80%, 90%, maybe 100% if you listen to Eric Adams on a daily basis. Do you know what the actual number is? I'm working it out on my slide rule. Hang on. There you go. I've got to carry the three. uh, 20%, Lewis. 20. That's not the number I got. Okay, no, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah, 20. Only That's one good. out of every five migrants comes from Texas. You never know that. Eric Adams makes it sound like Governor Abbott is destroying New York City. One of every five migrants comes from Texas. Who's to blame for the other four? Joe Biden. But you will never hear Eric Adams Take out the president. And that's why Eric Adams is a phony. He's a hypocrite. He's a liar. He's full of it. 20% of the migrants that come to New York City, Governor Abbott, the other 80%, Joe Biden, really 100% Joe Biden, because it's his policy that sends even the 20% to Texas in the first place. But only 20% come from Texas. Watch me. Yeah, watch me. Yeah, yesterday was a real show at the White House. I mean, my God. First of all, the, uh, the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. Right now, the Atlanta Braves, as you know, they're in second place inside the NL East behind our New York Mets. But they are certainly making an exciting go of it. And the Mets have a huge weekend series in Atlanta this weekend. Mets have eight games to go. They'll play in Miami the next two days and then a huge three-game set starting Friday in Atlanta. So the Mets and Braves are a huge story. But the Braves did win the World Series last year, so they went to visit the White House yesterday. And you're not going to believe this, but the conversation was, here we go again, change the name. The Cleveland Indians are no more. Terry Francona and that baseball team is about to win the AL Central as the Cleveland Guardians ridiculous and now the atlanta braves the braves will be the next name to go here is the white house press secretary this idiot corinne jean pierre talking about the importance importance people are dying every day in our country she deems this important so does biden changing the name of the atlanta braves this is corinne jean pierre number eight um, the president hosting the Atlanta Braves today. Wondering if you or the president has any thoughts about some of the controversial mm-hmm. about the team name, the Braves name, the so-called tomahawk shop. Any thoughts on? That? So, look, we we believe that it's important um, to have this conversation. Uh, you know, and uh, and Native American and Indigenous voices, uh, they should be at the center of this conversation. You believe this? The tomahawk chop was the question. Yes. By the way, I don't think the the, the stadium starts that anymore. I don't think they they. I don't even know. I think the crowd just. Does oh, it. I'm sure. I mean, they, the they, crowd will do it, and you can't stop that. No, and the the crowd also does it. Same exact thing at Florida State football games. And the Florida State Seminoles. And at Arrowhead Stadium, I believe. The, Kansas the City. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, uh, it is stupid. 
the uh, Native Americans didn't care if they were still called the Washington Redskins instead of the Washington Commanders. Nobody outside my friend Phil Sims would care. Not one Native American gives a rat's ass. They just want to build casinos you know, and get back all the money they got screwed out of by by, by, by real Americans. So, I mean, this uh, this idea that the Braves and the Indians and the Redskins are offensive is offensive to any person with half a brain. This is what they're talking about yesterday. No, no, it, it did get a little more serious than that. At one point, our good friend Peter Ducey went at Corrine Jean-Pierre about the crime in the cities across America, and she had no answer. We'll get to all of that, folks. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Again, a huge show coming your way today. Karen Curtis, WFTL, Fort Lauderdale. She'll be here at 648. Paul Davis, Paul Davis, Paul King, running for the House in my neighborhood in Queens, 720. Former gubernatorial hopeful, Rob Astorino, he'll be here at 740. Sports legend, Christopher Mandog Russo, he'll be here at 805. And the best of all time, Bill O'Reilly, he'll be here at 840. It's an epic Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid in the morning. And it's only right here on Talk Radio 77. WABC. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Hi, this is Gabe Rosenberg, son of Sid Rosenberg. And whenever I'm on the broken down bus, I'm listening to Bernie and Sid in the morning on 77 WABC. Peace. Give me a hoe if you got your funky bus fare. <laughs> That's my son, Gabe. Whenever he's on the broken down bus, he's not on the bus this morning. He's actually off today for the second day of Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. He's been off the last two days and daddy worked. Very poor example. I mean, after I spent all that money on both Gabe and Ava at the JCC down in Boca, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, of course, my son was just bar mitzvahed last year, November the 4th. Gorgeous bar mitzvah. And, uh, in fact, uh, John and Margo were there uh, and a host of others. Frank Morano showed up, which is very nice at the temple. We had a lovely party, a, uh, a little affair down in, uh, in lower Manhattan by Delancey Street. And it was wonderful. And I can't believe November 4th will be a year already since Gabe was born Midford. But he's off today uh, and yesterday, back at school tomorrow, just in time for the return of his mother, Danielle, who I will say every segment today, happy birthday, Danielle. I love you. Celebrating her 27th birthday. <laughs> and uh, she is in Wales with Ava. By the way, 77 WABC News Time is 625, and it is 60 degrees. Now, I did say that uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, besides talking about nonsense like changing the name of the Atlanta Braves baseball team, did have some serious discussion yesterday, and that's because of our guy Peter Ducey. You know when I was on Fox & Friends a couple of weeks ago promoting my book, 
And uh, everybody loved my uh, Anthony Garage outfit, the black button-down shirt, that red jacket. I never saw uh, Peter. I saw Ainsley Earhart, and uh, she came downstairs, and I was getting ready, and said, and I quote, my God, you're a beautiful man. Remember I told you that two weeks ago? She uh, did say that. Yes. Uh, and that's a good-looking lady right there, I man. Know. I took note of it, yes. <laughs> yeah. She's all you need to hear. Oh, my it's God. Great. And, of course, uh, Brian Kilmeade was there, too. But I never saw Peter, um, Steve. I keep saying Peter, Steve Ducey. That is the Fox and Friends trio every morning. Brian Kilmeade, Ainsley Earhart, and Steve Ducey. Steve's son, Peter, has become the man. He's the only voice we've got at these White House press meetings. You know, he's, um, what was his name, Jim Acosta? Real D-bag, real douche, Jim Acosta, CNN, the way he used to attack President Trump. Well, Peter Ducey is our bulldog, our pit bull, but he does it with style. He's actually classy, and he makes Corrine Jean-Pierre look like a moron every time. So yesterday, crime was the discussion, and Peter Ducey was asking Corrine Jean-Pierre if, in fact, the White House, Joe Biden, her, all these menses, are aware of the crime going on in the country, and do they admit it's going on, and what are they going to do about it? So here is uh, the first exchange, Corrine Jean-Pierre and Peter Ducey. Lewis, this is cut number five. Does President Biden think America's big cities are safe? Can you say more? Well, we know that thefts and robberies are up about 20% in the first half of this year, so I'm wondering if he thinks America's big cities are safe. Are you talking about the New York Times story specifically? Or yeah, is that what you're referring to? The murder rate is still 30% above its 2019 level. They're all from the Council on Criminal Justice. So uh, we've seen some high-profile mm-hmm. examples of this. The uh, Washington commander's running back was being mugged. He got shot. Uh, Karen Bass, member of Congress, had her house robbed. These are high-profile people. So should everyday Americans who are not in the public eye feel safe? So I'll, I'll say this. Um, that same story also uh, stated that the crime is complicated and multifaceted. Uh, what? Look, this is a president uh, who has secured historic funding uh, to make sure that uh, law enforcement has what it needs, uh, especially, and he was able to do this uh, in the face of opposition from Republicans. Excuse me? All he asked was, are you guys aware of the crime problem in big cities? Would you say that she answered that question sufficiently for you, Lewis? This is a freak show. Yeah, thank you, Mark Levin. Oh, it goes on. They're not done yet. He keeps asking, yeah, but do you understand, you and Biden, that are big cities, whether it's New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Atlanta, Portland, Seattle. Do you understand that our big cities are not safe? And here's some more jive from Corinne Jean. This is cut number six. During a time uh, where uh, where he inherited a rising crime rate from the previous administration. Lies. Stop blaming Trump. Put forth the American Rescue Plan, and in that very in that very plan, uh, there was uh, more than $300 billion uh, to go to local uh, local states and local cities uh, to make sure that they were able to hire law enforcement, law officers. They were able to hire, um, you know, firefighters. They were able to hire people that were critical uh, to their needs as they were dealing with a pandemic. Republicans voted against that. So I guess 
just the original question, does President Biden think America's big cities are safe? It is not, it is not a, um, it is not a yes or no question. What? It is very much a question of what has he done? That's uh-huh. how we see the question. Right. It's not a yes or no question. Are big cities safe or not? Well, if the answer is no, Kareem John, you moron, then you can say, well, the president doesn't think so. That's why you got to give the president credit for jumping into action, right, and doing all these things to help make sure these cities are safe. And you can go on and lie about all the things that he's done that he hasn't done. Or, you know, you can um, give her the other answer. But to say it's not a yes or no answer, I mean, this lady is so out of her league. God bless her. She may be a decent person. I don't know. But I've seen a lot of these folks come and go. I think the first one I remember is uh, Ronald Reagan's press secretary, uh, excuse me, George Bush's, Ari Fleischer. Reagan's press secretary, Brady, was the guy that was shot in the Reagan assassination attempt, ended up in a wheelchair, and eventually died from those wounds. But I certainly remember Ari Fleischer with uh, George Bush, 43, and uh, others since, including Jen Psaki, who was before her, and Jen Psaki is an evil, horrible person, but not stupid. This lady is outright stupid. I hate saying it, but she really is. It's not a yes or no answer. Kareem, are are big cities safe or not? It's not a yes or no answer. Are you are you referring to the United States? <laughs> are you, now, which what what numbers are you looking at? Are you referring a crime? Now, do you mean like if a child takes a ball from another child? Or do you, I, I, can you be more specific? I mean, a little bit. You can't make it up. You okay. can't make it up. Now, I see the statistics from the Netherlands, and they don't compare <laughs> with the United States. I, I'm, I, we're going to review that. I wish I could read what uh, my good friend Charlie Marino just sent me, but it is, um, it's so filthy and disgusting. And while completely accurate, it would probably get me into trouble. <laughs> if it's if you think it's bad. Yeah, but it's so accurate, Charlie. Uh, we got a lot more to come. Karen Curtis, live in South Florida. They're getting ready for Hurricane Ian. That's expected to make landfall later on today or tomorrow. Tampa businesses are making preparations as we speak. The Buccaneers, they've evacuated. The Buccaneers have evacuated already. So uh, the news is not good. And we'll go again down to South Florida, 850 WFTL personality. I worked with her many years ago, dear friend of mine, Karen Curtis. She'll come up next before the rest of the guest list, which includes Paul King, Rob Astorino, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, and the great Bill O'Reilly. Traffic and sports are coming up next, but right now it is time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to Keys to the City with Anthony Weiner. It's a podcast about the, a podcast, I should say, about the problems facing New York City. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here, Anthony questions who's really in charge of our schools. The question that comes up frequently around education in New York is who's in charge of the school? My mother, who was a school teacher for 31 years, would say, well, the principal, of course. But more importantly, we're asking the question about where accountability lies in New York City for our schools. And Idea 84 simply says, expand mayoral controls of our schools and make it permanent. For years and years, the schools have been run by Albany. Policies affecting our schools had come out of the state legislature, not from the city council and not from the mayor. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! 
sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. This is Sports. Long night for the Giants. Dallas last night. Sports brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Check them out today, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, here's my guy, Macedonia Phil. Thanks, Sid. I am Phil Dixon with your bottom of the hour sports report. The New York football Giants wrapped up week three of the ripe NFL season with a primetime matchup against their longtime foes, the Dallas Cowboys. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones did anything but make himself at home in MetLife Stadium as he was hammered when his O-line failed to protect him. Jones was sacked five times, did not score, threw an interception, and posted a measly 41.6 QBR. An embarrassing performance by the quarterback, who is now 0-9 in primetime games in his career in the Big Blue's first loss of the season as they drop this one 23-16. Both the Giants and Cowboys now move to 2-1 on the season. The Yankees are back at it as they took to Toronto to start a new series against the Blue Jays. Two L's for the pinstripes, though. First being they snapped their seven-game win streak in a 3-2 loss to the Blue Jays. And second is Judge's race to tie Maris' 61 is still that a race. Nine games left to go for him. Yesterday was the NBA media day, so players and staff from the New York Knicks and Brooklyn Nets made their first public appearances with the team before starting before the start of the upcoming season. The circus that has been the Brooklyn Nets all season is coming to an end, but not without some drama. Here, Kevin Durant had a word for fans who doubt his commitment to the team in only a way he can. I don't feel like I got to prove anything to Nets fans after three years. And I'm committed to moving forward with this team. So if they got doubts, then I can't control that. That's on you. Uh, doesn't that fill you with assurance? That audio courtesy of SNY. For more sports content, be sure to follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. For your bottom of the hour sports update, I am Phil Dixon. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Great Eddie Vedder, Pearl Jam. So they're going crazy in the streets of Iran. Protests everywhere over the death of a 22-year-old woman who was in police custody over the way she was dressed and ended up dead. Ended up dead. And I think women in Iran and, and other places in the Muslim culture have had enough. I think they've had enough. And uh, people are taking to the streets. And I like that. Enough is enough, man. I mean, you don't got to wear a belly shirt and uh, shorts like right up your ass. You don't got to do that, but um, that's a bit much. But there's got to be a happy medium. And I believe that uh, these women, this uh, poor young lady's dead today. You know, the um, I read a story, too, a couple of months ago, and these happen all the time, that there was a young lady who was uh, raped in Iran. And um, so she went home to her father, and she was crying. Daddy, 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 this guy raped me. And how did the father respond? 
he had his daughter stoned to death because once she was raped, she was at that point worthless, completely worthless. My wife, for example, happy birthday, Danielle, I love you, works with a young lady, Muslim, and uh, from Pakistan, and she was married. And the husband and her got divorced. And now she's 27 years old, really attractive, and is finding it impossible to find another guy. And her mother is like, look, you got to do whatever it takes to get back with your ex-husband. This ex-husband was abusive, mentally abusive, verbally abusive, physically abusive. The mother doesn't care. Get back with him because no other guy will touch her because she had sex with him and therefore she's done. I mean, the stuff that goes on in some of these cultures is so archaic and so disgusting that it just um, it boggles the mind. Did you did you see how that woman looked? The one that just died. Yeah. That what they yeah. did to yeah. uh, allegedly did. Yeah. I mean, she didn't just fall down. No, I know. That was so, beyond terrible. comprehension. Yeah. So good luck to these people, and uh, hopefully, some of these um, some of these things will change. Hopefully, the um, the other news about Eric Adams too, besides him going to Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, when our own city is a disaster. I know his heart's in the right place. We did this yesterday. But even Rudy Giuliani, former mayor on this show, said, not the time to go, Eric. Not the time, baby. Fix your own city first. Talk to the people in the Bronx right now about Eric Adams, especially Orchard Beach and that area, where they're now building these migrant tents. Well, it always seems like a good idea, folks, to take care of the migrants until they're in your neighborhood. It always seems like a good idea to build more jails until they're in your neighborhood. And right now, the people in the Bronx are effing livid, pissed, and they should be. I mean, I could just imagine where I live on the beach in Queens, migrant tents or jails. Are you nuts? Well, you should, uh, Curtis could clue you in. He has feelers out that he thinks it's that. Those could be potential sites. Oh, I know. Not down there, but... But close. Yeah, but... Too close. By, yeah, off Too the close. Flatbush Avenue near the bridge. Yeah, I know. He's right by think, the Marine Park he Bridge. He keeps alluding to that. Now, hey, listen, Scary. they have a lot of area right there. You know, you have the uh, the golf course. Right. Then you start to make your way towards the Bell Parkway. And then until you hit Floyd Bennett Field, there's that, a lot of area. That's it. It's Floyd Bennett. I always right. forget the name. Right. So uh, it wouldn't shock me. And let me tell you, we'll go nuts. We will go nuts. So Eric Adams, not exactly making friends in this city every day. And I will talk till I'm blue in the face. I don't want to hear it. He's our only hope. There's no hope. I don't want to hear it. He's the best we've got. What does that mean? That's like winning a beauty contest in a leper colony. I don't want to hear it. His heart's in the right place. He's a douche. Uh, We're going to have to continue to pivot and shift. And he can't talk on top of all of that. So, uh, good luck with that. 1-800-848-WABC will go live to South Florida, where Hurricane Ian is about to do, at least according to Angela Moody, who was, of course, the Attorney General down in Florida, some serious damage. She is warning residents on the west coast of Florida, be prepared for the storm of the century. And I was there for Andrew and Wilma. That's saying an awful lot. 
We'll go down to South Florida talk to Karen Curtis, WFTL 850. If you've got a house right now in Tampa, Clearwater, St. Pete, Naples, even the East Coast, like me and Boca, you're going to want to listen. We'll talk to Karen Curtis in South Florida next. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at at info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Riders on the storm. Riders of the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown Like a dog without a bone And actor out alone Riders on the storm What a musical selection, hour number one Riders on the storm, the doors We had uh, some Pearl Jam, Psychedelic Furs and a great guest list again coming your way. Paul King running for the House in Queens coming up at 7.20. Former Republican gubernatorial hopeful Rob Astorino. He was all over Fox Business with Maria Bartiromo yesterday. He'll join me at 7.40. Sports legend Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Part of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination at WFAN. Chris will join us at 8.05. And the great Bill O'Reilly, his new book, Killing of the Legends, comes out today. He will join me at 8.40. But right now we go down to South Florida. We had Janice Dean on yesterday from Fox News, and she told us the West Coast specifically is in for a long couple of days with Hurricane Ian about to make landfall. Then I saw Angela Moody the Florida Attorney General on this morning on Fox News, and she's telling West Coast residents, be prepared for the quote-unquote storm of the century. My old buddy down there at WFTL 850, the lovely Karen Curtis, joins me live right now from Fort Lauderdale. Karen, good Tuesday morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm great. I left you guys, and I became a star again. (laughs) I know. I know. Congratulations on the book and the thank movies you. and the whatever you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Things are going well. Amazing. And, and thank you. And you guys were great down there. You, Joyce, and Steve Lapper, who lost his wife, by the way, a couple of days ago. That was very sad to see. Oh, my God. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, she passed away, 68 years old. But uh, let's get oh. to the big story down there, this hurricane. Again, I've been being told that the West Coast, my house in Boca, is going to be okay. Our friends in Fort Lauderdale now, they're going to be okay What is the real deal on this hurricane arriving today or tomorrow? 
Yeah, actually overnight, Sid, everything sped up, which is good news because yesterday they were talking about this storm, Ian, just spinning around in the Gulf of Mexico, moving at single digits, which is just hell because it would just be spinning and sending all the water into Tampa Bay. But now it is speeding up, and they're saying it's going to hit the Tampa Bay area sometime tomorrow. And now we, I'm on in West Palm Beach, I have a tropical storm watch, and then the Treasure Coast, a tropical storm warning. That's on the east coast of Florida. So it's wow. really becoming an issue for us as well, the Florida Keys. Basically, the entire peninsula of Florida is going to feel the effects of this storm. It's a Cat 3 this morning, a buck 25 winds. Jeez. And, and not to sound insensitive, my sister Elizabeth lives in Parkland. I've got relatives, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, but all I really care about is my house in Boca. <laughs> and I'm west. I'm nowhere near the beach. It's going to be okay, right? <laughs> oh, that's, oh, yeah, you're going to be absolutely fine. And we have something called king tide, so there's already flooding going on. And so with all the storm surge, we could get, you know, flooding just devastating flooding in Tampa, right. but also on our side of the state. Wow. So what are you guys doing? I mean, I remember when I was there and, you know, we'd, uh, you know, we'd always exaggerate just a bit, Karen. That was the, 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 the order from the, from the top. You know, it was going to be like a tropical storm. Tell them it's going to be a hurricane four. So they listen to us every morning. What are you guys doing in preparation? Well, we're not overreacting because technically we're not in the cone. We're just going to feel some effects. If we were in the cone, it would be a different, you know, the cone of concern that right. that, bub- that bubble that the National Hurricane Center draws of the projected path. I personally like the spaghetti models better. Do you? Those, some of those <laughs> yeah. are some outliers that do some wacky things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Let's... cone, the cone is uh, not yeah. headed toward us. All right, we good. will feel effects. All right. How excited right now is the media and the folks down there? that there's only two undefeated teams after three weeks in the National Football League, and one of those teams is the 3-0 and Miami Dolphins. Is that a huge story down in Miami right now? Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Nobody cares. Okay. <laughs> no, it's freaking huge, dude. And you know what? The uh, Bucks are, tr- are now – they are practicing in Miami's uh, facilities because Miami's got a Thursday night game, right? Right. And right. so, yes, yeah, so uh, Tom Brady's down here. It's probably, he's probably calling it Hurricane Giselle heading to Tampa. <laughs> I know, those two. Him. Now, the latest reports is that him playing football is not really the issue behind all the fighting with Brady oh. and Bungeon. So, who knows? It's something very sexist. Really? Is what I read this morning in page six, yes. Let me talk to you about your governor, Ron DeSantis. Lots of Republicans want to see him run for president. Lots of folks who even like Donald Trump would rather see DeSantis get that nomination instead of Donald Trump. I know he's going up against Charlie Crist, who's a born loser at this point. What uh, What is the feeling down there in this gubernatorial race in the state of Florida? Yeah, well, it's basically a done deal for the governor, and now he's dealing with a storm a month out from the November 8th midterms, and he's got $175 million in his war chest compared to like $78 million for Charlie Crist. He's just, he's a powerhouse, and he's a very successful governor, as you know. And then the White House says that they're surging FEMA resources to Florida, and the press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, has asked about President Biden's relationship with Governor DeSantis because he sent the migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Everything is so political, even the storm. Right, right. Uh, You guys don't want to see DeSantis leave, though, right? Left up to you. You'd rather see Donald Trump uh, do four more years, keep DeSantis in your home state, and then have Ron run for president, yes? 
Well, it, it would be four years, and we would know that uh, Trump would not have an eight-year stint because he's already done four. Right. So it might be better to put DeSantis in there for eight years if he can get in there. But either way, DeSantis is sitting pretty because he's got a lot of national attention right now. And whatever happens, it'll be good for him. Now, what about Rick Scott? He was on with me on Friday, and he used to be the governor. Now he's the senator down in Florida. He's always going back and forth with Mitch McConnell and all those guys. Is he still relatively liked in uh, Florida? Yeah, very much so. Yes. You know, he's uh, he was a good governor. He's a smart senator, and he makes a lot of sense. And he's not, you know, mercurial and kind of all over the place. So we kind of like a little bit of stability with him. Right. All right. So right now, for folks that are here in New York that may own a home in Tampa, in Clearwater, in St. Pete, Karen Curtis, your recommendation is to do what over the next 24 hours? Uh, clean out your drains. Make sure that your trees are trimmed, that you re- remove any kind of projectiles from your yard. You're going to have some wind and some rain. All right. Bear it up. Listen, you'd be safe down there. As always, thank you for thank hopping you. on in short notice. You know I love you, you, Karen, and the best to you. I love you. Okay. All right. Bye. There she is, folks. WFTL 850 down in Fort Lauderdale, my friend Karen Curtis. And that wraps up an excellent hour number one with a huge three hours on the way. That includes Paul King. Rob Astorino, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, and Bill O'Reilly. Tuesday morning, Bernie and Sid, Riders on the Storm. Here comes Hurricane Ian, along with Morrison and the Doors. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, kids, happy Monday. I got a hell of a rant later on. But right now, put this on your calendar for this Wednesday, the 28th. I'll be at the America First Warehouse again. That was weird. The rest of the message got cut off. That was Scott Lobato, the great artist. And he'll be at the America First Warehouse tomorrow night because it's another Sid Rosenberg book signing, Citizens United. And he goes on and on about what a great patriot I am. Great American, great patriot, host of the WABC Morning Show, all these wonderful things. And uh, for some reason, that was not there. So thank you, Scott Lobato, Joe the Box. A bunch of folks are showing up tomorrow night, including Andrew Giuliani. Tina Forte, the real Tina, and a host of others. It's going to be a big event, steak, dinner, all that. And uh, you get your copy of Citizens United. So thank you to the uh, folks out there. And that is coming up tomorrow night. 77 WABC News Time, by the way, is 7.05. And it's 60 degrees. I believe today we're going to hit highs in the low 70s. Get some sunshine. Yesterday was gorgeous. You know, my tan went away. The weather's been terrible, terrible. So yesterday I got a couple of hours of sunshine. Today some more sunshine, I believe, tomorrow too. But temperatures really cooling down. Summer is, uh, is over, and it's time to get ready for the, the cool days of autumn here in New York. And uh, that sucks because autumn on the beach 
feels more like winter, and winter on the beach is really rough. Really rough, as you know, Lewis. But still, it's it's an adventure. It is? Sure. Why is that? Well, you're, you're not really on the beach, beach, are you? Just, you could still... In- I'm a block and a half away. All right, forget it. You're, you're too close. I went to take out the traffic last... The, the traffic. I went to take out the garbage last night, and I nearly got blown across the street. And I'm not a... I mean, I'm a strong guy. Nearly got blown across the street, and it's September. No, it can be... Scary. Yeah. Seriously, oh, yeah. Actually. Yeah, it's coming. So, anyway. Yeah. Get ready for that. Get ready. Uh, Paul King, he's running for the house in my neighborhood. He's uh, he's coming up next. Then we'll talk to Rob Astorino, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, Bill O'Reilly. So it's going to be an amazing, amazing show. We did play some cuts earlier from Corrine Jean-Pierre, her back and forth with Peter Ducey. And once again, crime was all over TV yesterday. In fact, Ainsley Earhart, who was one of the hosts on Fox and Friends, as I mentioned earlier, alongside Brian Kilmeade and Peter Ducey, she was the fifth on the five on Fox News yesterday. You know, they've got um, Jesse Waters. You know, I'm supposed to be on Jesse Waters' TV show tonight. I'm not even saying it. I guess I just did. But I wasn't going to promote it because he canceled last time. And I'm 99% sure he's going to cancel again. So I refuse to promote my appearances on Jesse Waters. Right now, it's still on for later on tonight after my W up my end appearance. But I doubt it's going to happen. But he's on the Fox the uh, the Fox News Five show. So is um, Gutfeld. So is Judge Janine. So yesterday, Ainsley Earhart was on that show, and they were talking about crime, and they talked about crime specifically in New York, while our good buddy Eric Adams is helping the people of Puerto Rico. People are still dying on the streets here in New York City. So this is Fox and Friends host Ainsley Earhart on The Five on Fox News yesterday talking about crime in New York City. This is Cut Lewis number 11. You basically have to murder someone to get arrested and stay behind bars in New York. I mean, we even saw the guy who's trying to protect his bodega, and we saw what happened to him. He has murder charges. And when everyone in the media and everyone in New York starts to push Alvin Bragg, then he changes his mind and he drops the charges. But that's what it took. How many out- other people are out there that the media doesn't know about that are, are getting charges with murder because they s- defended their business? You know, the former NBA player, Hall of Famer Bill Walton. Bill Walton was a great, great player. UCLA after Kareem went on to be a star with the Portland Trailblazers and Boston Celtics. Now he's been doing games, basketball games on ESPN forever. He's still the same guy. Wears his Grateful Dead t-shirts, loves to smoke weed, bike rides in California. He's the same guy. Like, he's still back in 1969. And he's one of those idiots who is to the left of Bernie Sanders. But guess what? Even Bill Walton is singing a different tune. I urge you to take a look at page three or five in today's New York Post, where Bill Walton actually wrote an open letter to a politician in San Diego complaining that when he rides his bicycle peacefully in the morning time and he goes past homeless people, they actually they actually make him crazy. Yes, they do. They bother him. They yell at him. Sometimes they throw things at him. Yes, he is under assault from the homeless community, and Bill Walton has had enough. The same Bill Walton who wants to defund the police, love. That same Bill Walton is now crying out for help. Ainsley Earhart would love to hear that. Yep, 
just like the North Carolina politician did, just like the San Francisco politician did. They went from defund the police to fund the police. They all talk tough until it hits home, right? It's got to be your child. When it's your child or your bike riding session, Bill Walton, all of a sudden you feel differently, especially your child. This is Ainsley Earhart, cut number 12. What about the, the, the boy who, who died who was run over by the car because he was allegedly because he was a Republican? The mom and dad had to bury him, and they said, we will miss you every single day. And the guy is walking the street who does this. You know, this is what we hear time and time again. And one day it's going to be your child or our children, that's and that's what I worry about. We live in New York City. I have to think about that when I go outside with my six-year-old. That is one of the reasons I'm actually... A little happy, as much as I miss my daughter, Ava. She's only gone since Friday, and I miss her terribly. Every time I walk by her bedroom, I almost cry, I swear to God. And uh, today, she's still, her mom is still there, my beautiful wife, Danielle, celebrating her birthday. But I'm a little happy that she's out of New York, much safer in Wales than she is in New York City. And I would be scared to death every time Ava would go meet her girlfriends, Penelope and um, Natalie and Miriam down in Battery Park. They go down to the village. They go down to Chelsea. I was scared to death, to Ainsley Earhart's point. Then she goes on to talk about how the Dems, all they do is coddle criminals. That's all they do. So this is the third and final cut from Fox & Friends host Ainsley Earhart on The Five yesterday. This is cut number 13. We coddle these criminals. What do we expect? When the Democrats say no bail, when they say defund, dismantle, when they say reimagine, when they say release these violent criminals, we are coddling them. And that teaches them that you can go into a store, a Wawa, do whatever you want, and you're never going to be pressed. Charges are never going to be pressed against you. Look in California, San Francisco. We saw all those beautiful stores that are robbed, and they walk out. As long as they don't take $1,000 worth, they're free. Did she actually make a Wawa reference? (laughs) <laughs> a great Wawa. It is. A, the Wawa's are great stores, no? They're great. I've been to them uh, many, many times. Used to live in Tenafly, New Jersey. Have relatives all over New Jersey. Been to Wawa many, many times. So as good as Ainsley Earhart was as a guest on The Five, there is no Five without our teammate here at WABC, the great Judge Janine Pirro, who does a phenomenal show on Sunday mornings here on WABC. And she loves... She loves Judge Janine to yell and scream about all the crime and about the nonsense of unity, all those things that the Democrats, specifically Joe Biden, tries to make you believe. Here she was once again hitting Grand Slam home runs on the five yesterday. This is Judge Janine Pirro-Lewis, cut number 15. Why are we in this situation? Why did people who knew nothing about crime or law enforcement or anything decide that we're going to do this social justice thing? And why are we as Americans paying taxes, tolerating this kind of, of criminal behavior where there are no consequences? Our legal system is now so consumed with the rights of the criminal that we give the criminal top billing. It's the criminal justice system. It's not the victim's justice system. And I've said this before, the victim who never chose to be a part of it. And we coddle criminals in this new social justice milieu as if they're the violated as a opposed to the violators. And then we we deny the trauma of the victims. Now, that's all fine and dandy, right? Here's the bottom line. 
You've got to reform the bail laws. You've got to put judges and DAs in office who know what they're doing. Stop with this social justice nonsense or you're going to suffer crime because crime doesn't just destroy your life or your family's life. It destroys neighborhoods and cities and businesses, and it's destroying America. Well said, Janine. So let's go back. We played this last hour, but it's worth to play it again right now after Ainsley and Judge Janine talking about crime. Peter Ducey, our guy up against White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre, and Ducey asked Corrine straight up, doesn't Joe Biden know about these big cities having these major crime problems? Does he know? Does he care? This is cut number five. Does President Biden think America's big cities are safe? Can you say more? Well, we know that thefts and robberies are up about 20% in the first half of this year, so I'm wondering if he thinks America's big cities are safe. Are you talking about the New York Times story specifically? Or yeah, is that what you're referring stats. to? The murder rate is still 30% above its 2019 level. They're all from the Council on Criminal Justice. So uh, we've seen some high-profile mm-hmm. examples of this. The uh, Washington commander's running back was being mugged. He got shot. Uh, Karen Bass, member of Congress, had her house robbed. These are high-profile people. So should everyday Americans who are not in the public eye feel safe? So I'll I'll say this. um, That same story also uh, stated that the crime is complicated and multifaceted. What? Uh, Look, this is a president uh, who has secured historic funding (laughs) uh, to make sure that uh, law enforcement has what it needs. Uh, especially, and he was able to do this uh, in the face of opposition from Republicans. It's not funny, but I mean, please, geez. Uh, one more. Yeah, what he said. Uh, this is uh, number six. One more back and forth between Ducey and John Pierre, who finds a way. This is not easy. She finds a way to give Joe Biden credit for the crime. Here's number six. During a time. Uh, where uh, where he inherited a rising crime rate from the previous administration, the president put forth the American Rescue Plan, and in that Waste. very in that very plan, uh, there was uh, more than three hundred billion dollars uh, to go to local uh, local states and local cities uh, to make sure that they were able to hire law enforcement law officers. They were able to hire. Um, you know, firefighters. They were able to hire people that were critical uh, to their needs as they were dealing Lies. with a pandemic. Sure. Republicans voted against that. Right. So just the original question: Does President Biden think <laughs> America's big cities are safe? Yes or no? It is not. It is not a. Um, it is not a yes or no question. It's it not? is very much a question of huh? what has he done. That's well, how nothing. we see the question. He's done nothing. Yeah, he's done nothing, and it is a yes or no question, and the answer is no. So uh, here's my favorite cut of the day, talking about crime, Corrine Jean-Pierre and Peter Ducey, Ainsley Earhart, and Judge Janine. This uh, Beetlejuice-looking mayor in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, the most unattractive, physically unattractive person maybe on earth. And he's saying, Sid, why do you have to go there? That's what I do. That's why you love me. That's why we're number one. So she, uh, she was talking to a reporter yesterday. This is great. And this guy talks to her about the crime because, again, the big cities, right? We're hearing about the big cities. Peter Ducey mentioned the big cities, New York, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Chicago, maybe the worst of them all. So when Lori Lightfoot was asked why, in fact, she should remain in power, this was her answer. This is great audio, and this would be cut number 18. Every time you have a press conference, you say crime is down. 
Uh, the economy is booming. Well, that's but not that's not true, but <laughs> get your question, sir. Across the street, we had a police officer on duty, the victim of a hit and run. We have Michigan Avenue, the magnificent miles now referred to as the mile of fear. The <laughs> water tower place has thrown the keys back to the lender. They say they don't want to be in Chicago anymore. Real Chicagoans are asking me, how could you possibly even consider... <laughs> running for re-election as mayor of the city of Chicago after oh, all the great. harm you've caused. Wow. Great. Well, I disagree with you fundamentally. Yeah, he's right. Um, and I don't think I need to address any and dignify your yeah, comments sure. one second. I do. Next question. Yeah, I want to have sex with that guy. That guy's the best. <laughs> I mean, what makes you think you've earned a chance to stay in power? In Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. That was brilliant. Whoever that guy is, give him an award. All right, folks, coming up next, he's running for the House in Queens. My friend Paul King, then Rob Bastorino, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, and Bill O'Reilly on this epic Tuesday edition of the Nielsen-rated number one news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. We are Bernie and Sid with Neil Diamond right here. On Talk Radio 77, WABC. To a new and a shiny place. Make our bed Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday, during my new TV program, Shock and Awe, I had a spirited conversation with the former head of the MAACP, Dr. Benjamin Chavis. The show airs on Vidgo, a worldwide streaming service, and is designed to feature the smartest people in the country in robust debate. Anyway, Dr. Chavis supports direct cash payments by the federal government to African Americans, reparations. I see that as disastrous. There are two truths here. First, early America did use slaves to allow whites to make money. That is an in-stone fact. However, hundreds of thousands of Americans under the leadership of Abraham Lincoln were either killed or maimed during the Civil War trying to destroy slavery to make their ancestors, us, pay for the historical injustice of slavery today is folly. That would open a nonstop campaign to fund other historical atrocities, and there are many. The second truth is that reparations would fracture current white-black interactions. There would be massive resentment on the part of many taxpaying Americans who are struggling economically. Why create that? Of course, Ben Chavis sees it differently, and I respect his point of view. But I do not believe I do not believe reparations will ever happen in the United States of America. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
funny you would play this, Billy Idol, Eyes Without a Face, eight years ago. On my beautiful wife, Danielle's birthday, I took her to see this man. She loves Billy Idol at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino at the Hard Rock Cafe. Not the cafe, the Hard Rock Theater. So Danielle loves Billy Idol. She's not listening this morning. She's in Wales with my daughter, Ava. But she is celebrating a birthday. She loves Billy Idol, and I love her. Happy birthday, Danielle. It is uh, 728 on your Tuesday morning. Paul King is running in the 5th Congressional District in Queens, up against this uh, waste of time, career politician and loser, Gregory Meeks. King has become a personal friend, I admit it, and his lovely wife, Margaret Powers, as well. But uh, he's got all the all the right answers. He's got the right policies. And as a Queens resident out where Paul King lives, we need Paul King to win in November. With that said, here he is, Paul King. Paul, good Tuesday morning, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great, Sid. How are you doing today? I'm doing uh, very, very well. So tell me, you were on about uh, two months ago, or maybe longer because Bernie was here. But uh, you were on, and uh, you were feeling very confident after a couple of fundraisers and events in uh, in Rockaway and Bell Harbor. How is your confidence level today, just about 40 days out from the big election? Well, it's, it's definitely going up. And, um, you know, of course, makes me feel even be better to be talking to the most influential Jewish man on the planet. <laughs> That's funny. I guess you were listening yesterday. Thank you for that, Paul. I'm still upset about that list. But, uh, well, thank you for that. But I know that um, there's been some polls recently, one that I saw last week that Margaret actually sent me, that had you clobbering Gregory Meeks. You were like 60-something percent. He was at 30-something percent. And uh, that was the latest poll I've seen. What, what are the rest of the polls saying? You know, there isn't much polling, but you know, to be candid, people came into this thinking, you know, there's no way anyone's going to beat Meeks. There's no way a Republican's going to win in Queens. You know, even the National Party doesn't pay attention to any of the any of the congressional candidates in Queens. And nothing personally, they just started that a year ago that that's not a battleground for them. So I think it caught a lot of people by surprise, but not so much me. And, you know, because I've been walking the district, I've been talking to people in every neighborhood. So I expected it to be competitive. I expected it to be the head. And, you know, while it's great, I think it's great for my supporters. It's great for people who've been wishing me well, but they're not sure they want to get in the game. I think it gives them confidence. Hey, we can do this. And it's so important for the, you know, obviously the people have to come out and vote. Uh, but, of course, I can't afford to take the numbers at face value. It's like one of my uh, one of my pals texted me right away. said, stay hungry. Um, you know, it's. You know, we're getting into the fourth quarter, and it, I don't think of it as a 30-point lead. I think of it as a three-point lead, and I'm not going to be playing prevent defense. You know, we're, we're going to attack all the way and uh, because uh, we have to win. We have to get uh, Meeks, send Meeks off into retirement and, and give people help, in, you know, all across Queens. Agreed. I've got uh, two guys that I've taken a huge personal interest in running in Queens in November. You and, of course, my dear friend Thomas Sullivan. He's running for assembly. Paul, uh, when you talk about talking to folks around the district, for folks not familiar with you or even Queens, what areas are you talking about exactly? Well, you know, I live in, and you live, and and Tom Sullivan lives in different parts of the Rockway Peninsula, which is that barrier beach south of Brooklyn and Queens. So one time it got left off the Queens map. People forget we exist, uh, but it's a rather important part. Good. Don't remind them. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. After after Sandy, it was like people were like, "Oh no, those poor people." And then it's like, "Hey, it's really cool down there." So a lot of people come to the beach now more than they used to. Uh, but that's you know that's about a hundred thousand people. It's about twenty percent of the district. Then the rest of my district is essentially the southern half of Queens. Uh, it runs from the Nassau border from on the northern end, Queens Boulevard. Sort of comes down Hillside Avenue almost all the way to Woodhaven Boulevard. We've got Forest Park in there, so uh, Richmond Hill, then straight down um, Woodhaven, Cross Bay, Howard Beach, and then everything in between. So, um, you know, everything east and west of the Van Wick uh, on the southern half of Queens. It's uh, uh, a lot of interesting neighborhoods. Yes, and one of the issues that keeps coming up, Paul, in these races, even a race as big as governor between my friend Lee Zeldin and the evil Kathy Hochul, is uh, debates. Now, we know, of course, that Kathy Hochul eventually agreed to one debate late October, right before the election. Lee Zeldin was like, shove it, no good, too late. Mail-in ballots already done right up to the election time. I need four or five debates. What's your conversations like in terms of debating Gregory Meeks? Yeah, I got to say, just because it gets me in the gut that she's a coward. And it's one thing to say you want to win, but you have a responsibility to the citizens, especially if you're in a big office like a governor or a senator. Uh, And one debate, it was one debate for one hour on, you know, spectrum, which not everyone has. It's like I I want to talk to as few people. I want as few citizens to know how bad a job I'm doing. Right. Uh, Right. You know, and I can't believe, you know, that they're allowed to get away with it. It's kind of like the last presidential election where Joe Biden was allowed to stay in his basement for a, for a month or two, um, <laughs> you know, instead of you know, instead of meeting the citizens. Where and they by are. the way, that, that turned out to be a brilliant plan. Now you may have thought the election was rigged anyway. That's fine, but if you don't, keeping him off the mic was a brilliant plan, and it may be the same thing here with Kathy Hochul. But I want to see you out there debating Gregory Meeks. And you know that's been on my, uh, you know, Margaret and my agenda since the beginning. You know, we reached out to civic groups and to newspapers early on, saying we know it's early to talk about this, but come fall, we'd like you to sponsor a debate. And we go to neighborhoods that are his strongholds and say, you know, here's a group of civic civic organizations. Will you take the lead on the debate? Um, and those civic organizations, the people who are closer to Meeks, um, they're fading away. They, you know, he's using his influence. The, they don't want to talk to us. They don't want us talking to their citizens because he's their pal. Uh, but you know, we're we do know the news media. You know, we've spoken to you know this the Rockaway Wave, which ran the poll, the Queens Chronicle. Um, they're you know likely to at least offer a debate right. uh, to Meeks. And if yep. you know if he doesn't respond quickly soon, then I'm going to put it out in the forefront because. He's got a 24-year record that he needs to defend in front of the people who are hurting here in Queens, and I've got new ideas. So I think they you know, they have a right to compare before they vote. You know, they, the old saying, you know, informed citizenry is the hallmark of a democracy. The Democrats are always saying that it's the Republicans trying to destroy democracy. Well, if you st- if you want to stand up for democracy, do a debate. Couldn't agree more. That's uh, my friend Mark Healy, The Wave. In fact, they're supposed to do a story on me coming up here uh, in the next couple of weeks. He does a good job. He'll help you out, I'm sure. Let's talk about uh, the actual voting, though, because we know over the last couple of years, Paul, in these uh, in these elections, I should say not years, but elections, absentee ballots really hurt the Republicans. We need to get people out and vote on Election Day. Is that your message this morning? That is a huge part of my message. And the three things about absentee ballots, you know, one is, um, yeah, um, Democrats in the past were more likely to use it. That didn't mean there was anything nefarious going on. But we need to make sure, and we've been trying to get 
our neighbors to make sure their kids who go away to college have their ballots so they can participate in democracy. Don't let people forget that they're supposed to vote. Um, you know, right now, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it in the news. The Democrats have some scheme going on. You know, I first heard, heard about it in Manhattan where they were mailing absentee ballot applications to people who didn't ask for it. They were pre-filled, and they said, I have COVID. I need an absentee ballot. And they're sending letters discouraging people from voting in person. Uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist because I, I can't figure out what the angle is doing that. But then they're following up with phone calls, too, saying, hey, did you get your, you know, the application? Send it in. So I think their plan is to try to find people who might otherwise choose not to vote and it's almost like going in the voting booth with them. Right. You know, they're right. they're going to call them when they get it and say, hey, did you fill it out for Greg Meeks? <laughs> uh, you know, w- when you, when we vote at PS114 or any location, you can't get within 100 feet if you're a partisan of, of the election. These people want to be in the booth making sure, you know, they can – well, I guess they are desperately trying to you know, do whatever they can to fend off the red wave. But our, our answer to that is, yeah, just get out and vote. You know, it's like, you know, when I was a kid and played ball um, – I don't have the physique of a, a guy like uh, Joe Pinion. You wouldn't think I'm a, you know, a multi-sport athlete. But you know, when I when I played whatever sport, and I thought I was great, I always left it all out in the field. Right. I run into fences, walls, telephone poles, <laughs> right. catch a little ball. <laughs> yeah. but, but what what gets me to the next level is when the other guys cheat. And I never cheat back. It just ticks me off, and you work harder. So we need everyone to you know, to vote and to get make sure all their family members vote and friends vote. You know, if it's a rainy day. No one can stay home. Then it's then you're responsible for what happens right. when you lose. Agreed. You know? So yep. we got to get out there. All right, thirty seconds to go, Paul King. For folks who want to help out your campaign to beat Gregory Meeks, how do they do it? Well, of course, go to the website paulkingforcongress.com. Um, fill out a form to volunteer. Put up a lawn sign. We need to get the word out everywhere. Um, certainly, hit the donate button. Send us a check because. He's about to spend gazillions of dollars on advertising. You know, we need to spend some thousands of dollars to get, make sure the name is out everywhere. And if you've got time, you know, that's what we need you to do. Give us some time to make sure every caring American gets to the voting booth and uh, knocks out these people like Meeks and Schumer and, and Hochul. All right, there you have it, folks. That's Paul King, District 5 in Queens, running for the House. Get rid of Gregory Meeks. Vote in my friend Paul King. Paul, terrific job, buddy. Thank you so much. Best to Margaret. I'll see you in the neighborhood, pal. Sounds great, and happy birthday, Danielle. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much. There he is, Paul King. He's got to get your vote. Got to get your vote. District 5 in Queens coming up in November. And it is my beautiful wife, Danielle's birthday. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good. Great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Someone 
Foo Fighters, best of you, 747. Let's get to our next guest. He was basically attached to Maria Bartiromo's hip yesterday. Every time I looked up at Fox Business, he was on TV. He looked very handsome, by the way. The former Westchester County executive ran for governor, ran a great campaign. He's our good buddy, Rob Astorino. Rob, you were great on TV yesterday. You look great, pal. Thank you, Mayor Rosenberg. How are you? <laughs> Mayor. You know, it's funny you say Mayor Rosenberg. I just had a guy named Paul King on. He's running in Queens, and I'm paying a, a big attention to that race. guy like Michael Henry running against Letitia James, Tina Forte, these other uh, folks running in these smaller races, if you will. You're a guy that was an executive and ran for governor. It's important, right, Rob, for people to get involved, to go out and vote in all these local smaller races too, Yes. Oh, my God, yeah, because this is the kind of year where you get those kind of upsets, you know, with everything as bad as it is in the city and people feeling it in every direction. You know, I go to ShopRite and, th- like, the cereal aisle. Uh, you, you wanna, you, you, no, no, you go to Gristidi's. You're on I ABC. There well, you go. Well, right, right. Yeah, but I'm trying to help you out here, Rob. In Westchester. I don't have a <laughs> Just don't say have a Gristidi's. Don't argue with me. Just say so it. I go all the way, so I go into the city, the Gristidi's. There you go. And I see... <laughs> <laughs> like in the cereal section, you know, Kellogg's and Post, they're all there. But the store brand, empty. Empty. Same thing wow. for bread. Fry hoppers, all there. But the store brand, gone. What does that mean? People can't afford things, and they're really concerned. So these local races, they have shots to win in a year that they normally wouldn't. And and this is the year you pick them off. So, yes, it is very, very important because things are really bad. They are really bad. You talked about it on TV yesterday. We talk about it here every day. Let's get to the governor race. You ran for that. You ran a terrific campaign. But, but it got ugly between you and Lee, Rolex Rob. You shot back at him. What is your relationship right now? I know you're endorsing him, obviously, a Republican, too. How often do you talk to Lee Zeldin? And do you, are you doing anything to help him advance his campaign? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did uh, a rally for him in Westchester. He and I text all the time, and I'm doing a fundraiser for him Thursday in Westchester. Uh, Governor Pataki and I are doing it. And um, so, yeah, we are rallying the troops. We're raising money, and we want to make sure he gets across the finish line and wins this race. And, again, that is a winnable race. I mean, Hochul is a freaking disaster, and people are starting to see that, you know. Biden and everything going on with the in the bus loads and plane loads of uh, migrants coming into New York. Well, let me stop you right there. It is worth saying that you were the guy. Got to give you credit. You were the guy that made of us uh, made us all aware initially about these middle of the night flights to uh, the airport in Westchester. Now Miranda Devine has kind of followed your lead. So congratulations on that. Well, look, it's an important thing, and of course. You know, I got ridiculed. I got yelled at. I was called everything in the book. And and there was, you know, crickets from Mayor Adams and all the Democrats. They wanted nothing to do. They didn't care. They were waving them in They, You know, they were supporting this. And now, of course, he can't handle a few buses coming in. And, you know, I was talking to the Post yesterday. I'm in the article that they wrote today. And it's a great article because it just shows the hypocrisy. Because they're claiming it's all Governor Abbott, which, of course, it's not. And they're coming up from El Paso, where the Democratic mayor is sending them as well. Right. And, of course, they're all coming in from, from, the, from the Biden administration. And all it would take is for Mayor Adams and some leading Democrats to just say, hey, look, we got a big problem here, and we need the president to fix the problem. If he did that, 
this stuff would go away. But right now, that tent, that big tent that they're building in Orchard Park, that is a massive symbol of failure. It's nothing else than a failure. So we've got 14,000 already. That's Madison Square Garden almost filled. The next step is Yankee Stadium filled. People got to realize the impact this has. I feel like Eric Adams gets to skate. I mean, I kill him every day, obviously. Rudy Giuliani kills him. Greg Kelly kills him. But I'm surrounded by people who are like, no, no, no. He's the best chance we've got. He's all we've got. And I think he's run out of that. I mean, the guy's in Puerto Rico over the weekend, and I get it. His heart's in the right place. Those people just went through a vicious hurricane. But things are so bad here in the city, he's got a set of balls going anyplace else. I I feel like he skates, Eric Adams. What about you? Well, I think he's wasted a year where he had his top political capital. He's got you know a full tank of it, and he wasted it. The bail reform when he went up to Albany, you know, and, and was going up there huffing and puffing, and then he whimpered out of Albany with nothing. Right. They really kicked him out. To me, that was all the airs out of the balloon. You lost all of your political capital because you could have pushed and shoved. You could have threatened people. I'm going to run primaries. And said, "I just got elected mayor on this," and they didn't do anything, which means they didn't—he didn't scare them at all. So they don't fear him now, which means he's not going to get anything done. So he's just going to go around to the clubs at night, have fun, you know, and, and that's that, and and nothing's going to happen. And if you really watch him operate, Rob Astorino, he's clearly a guy that wants something bigger than mayor, which is a big deal in New York City. He clearly has his eyes on the presidency. And making a trip to Puerto Rico like he did, a national issue. There's other things he says and does. You know, he he denied a couple of months ago that he even said to somebody in his staff, I want to run for president. It is clear this guy wants to run. What makes him think he can run for that job like Bill de Blasio did when he's been a failure as the mayor here in New York? I, well, I wouldn't give him a failure. I'd give him an incomplete. You know, de Blasio was an utter failure. Oh, wait a second, wait a second. Was, a, a year in, how would you grade the year in? Yeah, I would say it's an incomplete. I would no, say it's right a failure. now it's not good. No, it's a failure. I mean, I think, well, he's leading towards a failure. I would definitely say well, that. But, but, Rob, but, Rob, if, if your season is 0-3, your season's not over yet. You've got 14 games to play, but you're 0-3. So you have to grade people on what they've done so far. What he's done so far, what would you grade that? So far, failure, yeah, Thank but you. incomplete. But still, he's got he's got three years and three months to finish it before the first term is up. I got you. So, and I still think he's got time to turn around. And I want him to succeed. I actually like him. I think he's a very likable guy. He's Maybe a he's jerk. Really, you know what? Well, he's a jerk. He's not a likable guy. He's a phony. He's a jerk. But like him, you're a likable guy. I'm a likable guy. He's a jerk. <laughs> but I think he's got a chance to turn the city around, and and he's he's blowing it, and that's really bothersome. Outside of the obvious, the crime, and we just talked about Zeldin, Hochul, and Eric Adams. You ran for governor. You talked about the energy issue, you know, opening pipelines all over the state, what that would do for us, obviously, from an economic standpoint, jobs, all that stuff. What else, Rob, should New Yorkers be worried about as we get ready for this big gubernatorial election? Oh, my God. I mean, the the list is so long. That's why when everyone says, you know, does Lee have a shot? The answer is a fast yes. Because the list is so long. It's not just one issue. It's not just crime, which, let's face it, crime is really important, but it doesn't affect every single person, right? I mean, here where I am in the suburbs, I don't really feel unsafe going out at night, and most people don't. But, you know, the occasional car alarm goes off, and you you don't go into the city maybe as much, but it's kind of over there a little bit. 
crime is important, but the economy, the inflation, the crazy spending, this you know influx of migrants, and and all this stuff piles up and up and up. So it's like, what what issue you want to use first? Now Lee's going full bear on on the crime. His commercial is great. And I think he's going to step into other areas probably and just full frontal attack on, on Hoko, who is just running. The fact that she is such a wussy and won't debate him <laughs> on CBS, yeah. I mean, really, it, it, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Now, you guys did like three debates. So you, you guys did CBS with Marshall Kramer. You did the racist yeah. Errol Lewis on uh, New York One. You did a bunch of debates. Yeah, we did. And the, yeah, the Newsmax one in Rochester. That's right. And that's yeah. how it should be. It should be in, in, in New York State law. They do a political calendar that the legislature has to pass, which sets the timetables for everything. It should be whatever the nominee is, whoever it is, that person must debate twice, and they set the dates for the debate, just like they do for everything else. None of this crap where she gets to run yep. away. Yep. You know, Cuomo, Cuomo didn't even debate me once and had everybody on stage, the minor party candidates, up in Buffalo on PBS. I mean, really? And the media lets them get away with it. And, and they're letting her get away with this, too. I mean, nothing against Spectrum, but it should be on broadcast TV all around the state, not on cable, you know, where people are cutting the cords. Agreed. I was talking to Mike Lawler a couple of weeks ago. You know who Mike is, Great and uh, he's a guy that I'm also endorsing and supporting. And I made the point with Mike, and I made it again, Rob, with Brian Kilmeade on Fox News a couple of weekends ago. That all these local races, which you and I have talked about this morning already, mirror the national stuff. In other words, inflation is a huge issue for Joe Biden. Well, inflation is a huge issue right here in New York. Same thing with the migrants. So you're starting to really see, I think especially this time around, Rob, that the national issues are local issues. They really are one and the same. Don't buy the, the horse you-know-what coming out of the media and the Democrats that this is going to be anything but than a red wave year, period. It is going to be a shellacking across the country uh, by Republicans. And um, What if it's not? Else, what, what if it's not? Oh, if it's not, forget it. I, I pick a country where we should go live somewhere <laughs> on an island because it's friggin' over. It is over. I'm just going to identify as whatever, trans, or right. to get it over with. Well, listen, be, you, know, you, you, you know what you could do, Rob? You could move to Sunny Isles. You got Ron DeSantis <laughs> down there. Your Dolphins are undefeated. They're 3-0. and And you can live a beautiful life in a red state with a great Republican governor and an undefeated AFC East football team. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. It is an incomplete year, but it is 3-0, and they now have an 85% chance of making the playoffs. Wow. So How about true. that? Even in a 17-game season. Well, that's true. You're right. That numbers would come down probably. Right. You're right. right. It was but a 16-game season. You know what? Look, season. I'm very happy. I have my flag flying. I got my Dolphins underwear all ironed. Oh it's an exciting year. <laughs> you are funny. All right, so you are predicting without any doubt, Rob Astorino, a very, very bright guy, that the red wave is 100% absolutely coming. No question. There is no question about it, period. And look, when I'm at my daughter's volleyball game, the normal people, including Democrats, the normal people are talking about what other normal people are talking about. It's friggin' impossible right now. Things are out of control. They can't afford it. All that stuff. They're not talking about abortions. You know, they're not talking about trans rights or, or climate change. They're talking about what affects them, and that's what that's what everyone else is talking about, and that's why well, there'll be some. You very say big that, difference. but you say that, but Pat Ryan did beat 
Mark Molinaro. Now, the good yeah, news is... totally different race. Okay. And, and it, first of all, it was August and totally different circumstances. Okay. And, and now Molinaro is winning by 10 points in, in his poll for the I district know. that he's running. That's in. a big deal. He can flip that seat. Uh, listen, yeah. anyway, you are, uh, you're terrific. You're great on this show. You're great on TV. You ran a great campaign. Please stop by more often. Congratulations on your Miami Dolphins. And we'll talk again very, very soon. Great job, Rob. Thank you so much. Thank you. But one correction, I, you know, I've known Joe Nolan forever. We used to work together, and I got a good laugh before when he said he didn't play in the golf outing because of his knees, and he sat in his car. Yeah. Did he mean sat at the bar? <laughs> he is Irish. <laughs> well, you can't say that. Uh, I, <laughs> I guess I just did. No, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Great job, Rob. Thank you so much, buddy. All right, Sid. Take care. There he is, the very handsome and debonair and smart. And he ran a great campaign for governor. He really did. Every guy did. All of them. Harry Wilson, Rob Astorino, Andrew Giuliani, and the winner, of course, my guy Lee Zeldin. That is a great two hours. A lot more to come. How about this hour? Are we ready for this? Christopher Mandog Russo, Lydia Serrani, and Bill O'Reilly. Do not change that dial. The Power Hour with Sid coming at you on Talk Radio 77 WABC. and sit in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Why waste my time? Springsteen for you. It's for dawn. Thursday, uh, Thunder Road on your Tuesday morning. Been a great show already. Special thanks again to Paul King and Rob Astorino. Bill O'Reilly set to join me after Lydia at 840. His new book comes out today, The Killing of the Legends. Today, on my beautiful wife Danielle's birthday, of course, she's in Wales with my daughter Ava, who starts college there this week. So she'll be home um, tomorrow night. Ironic dog is on today. I'll be making an appearance this afternoon. On the fan. Not Mike and the Mad Dog, unfortunately. It's Craig and Evan. But they are kind enough to help me promote my new book, Citizens United, which, of course, came out September the 6th and is doing very, very well. So I'll be back in the the old stomping grounds for Dog down on Hudson Street later on this afternoon. Here he is, folks, 1 to 2 every day. The, uh, of course, High Heat, great show on the MLB Network. Mad Dog Unleashed, 3 to 6 every weekday afternoon on Sirius XM. As far as I'm concerned, the greatest sports talk show host in the history of the business. And, of course, now alongside Stephen A. Smith on ESPN, the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Dog, I saw you last night, believe it or not, in the preview of the Giants-Cowboys game. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I did it on Labor Day. Uh, uh, down at the seaport. I went down there for about a half hour and did some rants for him. I did not see it. They did tell me that it was going to be put in the pregame. So you are a diehard Giant fan. Would you watch it for an hour and a half before the game sit? My goodness. Believe it or not, believe it or not, not Chris, even though I'm up at 3 a.m. every morning to host the show at 6, 
I watched that game right until Daniel Jones' final interception. And I was sick to my stomach because I know the Giants are not very good despite their 2-0 start. Let's face it, they beat Carolina, they beat Tennessee. Uh, but they really showed me last night that Mark Gettleman era, it is still hanging around. This team is not ready to make a big move, not even close. No, 100%. And then you get a terrible injury at the end of Shepard. Uh, you know, Galladay drops a pass. Tony never plays. Uh, you know, Evan Neal last night at that right tackle spot was terrible. Oof. I'd be a little worried about that. He was awful. And let's be honest, the Cowboys have a good defense. I mean, and that quarterback is pretty good. Now, I mean, he's never going to start there long term because they're going to – Prescott is making 40 made a year. But that quarterback rushes, he's pretty good. He's a damn good backup. And I like Dallas's defense. The Giants are competitive. You know, I mean, the offensive line wasn't great, but Jones, you know, he competes, if nothing else. Um, yeah, it's a tough loss. I agree with you, though. You can't read too much into the Giants. The first two games, Carolina's awful. Mayfield stinks. And obviously, Tennessee is, you know, they're an NBA team, and, you know, they, they scored on fourth down, and Bullock missed a field goal. So, I mean, they very well could be one and two. They should beat the Bears. Then the schedule will get difficult. The Giants are more competitive. They're a professional outfit. But it's a 7-8 win team, even in that bad division. I don't even think 8. i got to be honest. The Eagles are a very good football team. Dallas, like you said, Cooper Rush is now 3-0 and as a uh, starter. Prescott comes back. I think the Giants maybe 6 wins. Either way, uh, I don't think Daniel Jones, unfortunately, has a long future here because you know, the kid makes some really good plays, Chris. He's got his, you know, he can run with the football. He makes some good throws, but then he'll make such a stupid decision at the worst time of the game, and you can't have that in the NFL these days. Yeah, games got games are always close, and you got to have your quarterback make plays, as you said. I mean, as Herm Edwards used to say, the great Herm, quarterbacks win about three, four games a year where the good quarterback wins the game and the average quarterback doesn't. And Jones is an average quarterback. I mean, that's all there is to it. The Giants have shown you what they feel of him. They haven't, you know, done anything with his contract. I don't know where they're going to get another one, but you are not winning uh, to a large degree. You are not winning with Jones as your QB. May as well. When they recognize that, they'd be better off, but they got to go through the season. Right. Uh, no, but we all know who Jones is. He's been here long enough to know, outside of a few games in his career, this, the first game he ever played, against the Bucks and the game against the Saints. I mean, you know, I mean, the bottom line is he's not that he's average. He's still one of the average Agreed. Christopher Mad Dog Russo joining us here on this Tuesday morning. Before we get to the baseball, may as well stay football in New York with the Jets. I know Brandon Tierney went on a huge tirade, a Joe Beningo-esque tirade about the Jets head coach Robert Sellers, saying he has shown me nothing in the time he's been here. And really outside that miraculous comeback, week two against Cleveland, most week, Chris, not only are the Jets losing, but they look unprepared. What are your thoughts on the Jets? Yeah, I'm, you know, I don't watch the Jets on a week-to-week watching all the other games. And they've been so uncompetitive. It's funny about Douglas. He's done a good job with the talent, but he doesn't. we don't know about the quarterback he drafted. And the head coach he hired may not be that good. So, I mean, the two big things for Douglas, he may have failed both at. I got to see Wilson's got to get a chance. But I wasn't blown away last year. Plus, he's immature. So, that's an issue I'd be worried about with him, too. But I'm with you on Salah. I mean, they, they do seem to be a little out of it on a day-to-day basis. I have Mike Lombardi on every week who hates his defense. He thinks he's very, very vanilla with his defense. He relies on that defensive line. He did that in San Francisco. That's why he was with a pass rush. That's why they had a good defense out there. Uh, you know, Salah right out of the gate coming in New York, you know, getting 
Um, getting uh, police escorts to Nick and Ranger games. That bothered the hell out of me a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, a guy gets an escort. Can you win some ball games before you get police escorts to New York really? City police yeah. for a yeah. hockey game? That really <laughs> bugged me. Um, I went nuts on that. But, yeah, I think Salah's – I'd be a little worried about Salah. That was a very poor performance against Cincinnati. I thought they would be right in the game. I thought there'd be a little momentum after the Cleveland. It wasn't. Uh, you know, they only kicked again. Flacco stinks. The offensive line, they're running for his life. They've had some injuries. I get all that, but they do look a little disorganized. I think that's a very fair point. And I don't know if Sala's going to land. You know, Sala's not going to make it. The Jets go 5 and 12. He's not going to make it next year. So uh, this is a he, he's got to be competitive. They're going to be around 500 for him to come back in 2023. At least if I'm the GM, they got to be around 500. Here is uh, the legend Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Mad Dog Unleashed, 3 to 6 every weekday afternoon. Sirius XM, High Heat, MLB Network, and, of course, uh, ESPN with Stephen A. Smith. So the Aaron Judge story, Chris, is the biggest story in sports these days. He's now in a bit of a home run drought again last night. No home runs. He's down to nine games, only three of those games at home uh, with the Baltimore Orioles in between the series he's playing now and the last four in Texas against the Rangers, you have to expect him to hit at least one home run over nine games, even with this drought. But uh, this home run chase, you know, not exactly McGuire's Sosa, which captivated the whole world, I felt like, in 1998. Exciting here in New York, but I'm not sure the whole country is into this. You do a show that does talk to the whole country. Am I wrong? Yeah, I know you're 100% right. Now, you and I have always disagreed about the steroid scenario. So, yes. although, like you, uh, I was totally into McGuire Sosa. I don't pay attention now to those two and their records. I mean, the fact that McGuire called Mrs. Maris to apologize <laughs> for breaking it, that's all you need to know, yeah. uh, which is humble, which is hard to believe. Uh, I had Roger Maris Jr. on, on a TV last week, and he, he told me that, which I did not know that McGuire had done. Uh, listen, judges had a tr- he's had an incredible year. That, uh, you know, he's a good guy. I like the idea he's taking walks. He's, his pitch selection has been excellent. Uh, he's going to hit three or four more home runs. You and I both know that. Uh, but is it captivated? No, it has not. I think the problem really is, is I think part of it's baseball. I think baseball has left it so convoluted. They have not touched the records. Some, fan thinks, some fans think Bond, some, fan, some fans think Maris, some, th- some fans think Aaron. I mean, They've really left it so open-ended. It's such a gray area that I think fans, the ones who don't know the history of it, are a little confused. Plus, guys like you and me lived through this 22 years ago, and then a lot of us thought that was fraudulent with what the result was. So it's hard to regroup now and get all vamped up to have Judge do what he's doing. So I agree. I don't think it's a huge national story. I do partly blame baseball for that because they easily could have put asterisks. They put asterisks next to Maris. They could easily have put asterisks next to Bonds and tell the whole world what the real record is. They did not do that. Now, we all know that, the, to me, the record is 61 with Maris. It's not 73. And they didn't do that. So I blame a little bit on baseball. You can't put both your, you cannot, under any circumstances, uh, give up your content to Apple TV and not have clauses in your contract to say if there's a huge moment we can flip around here and get the uh, at-bats or get the games on our other channels. The idea that McGuire, uh, the idea that Pujols hit two home runs in L.A. the other night uh, is 700th, and the idea that he played against the Red Sox on Friday night and nobody saw the at-bats. Right, right. Because they're on Apple TV. I mean, that's ridiculous. Terrible. Think about it for a second. On Friday night, late in the year, 
Albert Pujols becomes the third person in the history of baseball to hit seven home runs if you eliminate Bonds. The third player in the history of baseball to hit seven home runs and nobody saw it. Yeah, no, it's I mean, crazy. Think about that for a minute. No, you're right. I yelled about it. And I know why they did it. Yeah. Uh, but you, 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 can't, you can't defend that and under any circumstances. And so that, that, I think, hurts too. And baseball with so many options and so many channels and so many other sports and the young audience that's not as exactly, you know, they're not going to stick with stuff as long. You know, they needed to see that on ESPN. They needed to see that on Fox, not on Apple TV. And I tell you, you say, well, you know what? The, the, the young person knows how to, they, they stream. They know how to find this content. I know a million people who are not going to deal with Apple TV. because They don't want to fool out their remote. They can't channel surf. They can't find it. They're not going to pay for it, even though they say it's free. And so that bothers people. And it serves the Yankees right. Think about it, Sid. The Yankees who took those poor games or PIX and stuck them on Amazon Prime, the 25 games that used to be on PIX. Yep. And then on Friday night, the Yankees are screaming at Apple, <laughs> we'll let you use our broadcasters. Yep. Yep. We're, you know, we'll pay for some of the production, put the games on, yes. And Apple said, go to hell. Yep. We made a deal. We spent the money. We're not going to give you the games. It served the Yankee fan. It served the Yankees right. Because the Yankees got greedy to get a little extra money, and then when they wanted the game to be shown with Judge on, on the end, <laughs> they couldn't get it. Nope. So, and there's a lot of reasons why this thing with judges has not gra- – I mean, listen, people are into it. Let's not, make, let's not downplay it that much. You and I are into it. I'm watching every at-bat. I love baseball. But into a certain, I think it's people are a little burned out by the home runs, the steroid era. Baseball did not make it clear who the real champion is. So you got some people, you know, we don't know what the number is. I think that plays into it, too. Um, It's, you know, but again, I could not believe. Think about it. Friday night, Albert Pujols hit his 699th and his 700th home run, and it was on Apple TV. No, you can't make it up. No, it's terrible. You're right. Well, I'll say this on the way out. Uh, at least the two guys were talking about George with his 60 home runs this year, Pujols, 700 career. Neither one of them have ever been involved in any controversy, any 100%. steroid time. God forbid one of those guys, if not both of those guys, you find out later, have done something that baseball can't detect yet, and then you may as well shut down baseball for good. No, that's an excellent point. Uh, you know, Judge is, uh, seems to be a Great guy, and he's as clean as a whistle. Pujols has never had any issues with him for his whole career. He's a great cardinal. He should never have left to go to the Angels to begin with. Agreed. Dumb move. Yep. I know they gave him two hundred fifty-eight million dollars, but nobody cares that he's on the California Angels. Uh, but he's a wonderful player. You know, he's one of the great players. He's one of the great hitters in the history of the sport. I mean, he's the second best first baseman after Garrick, and you know, right hand hitting. Think about it. Most of the great players are left-handed. Ruth. Uh, usual Williams, uh, Garrett Cobb. He is one of the great right-hand hitters yep. outside of Jimmy Fox. I can't think of too many who are as good as he is. That's how great yep. he is historically. And I and people, I think he's actually a little underrated from a history. Standpoint. I agree. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, this year we had Manny Ramirez too from the right side, pretty good hitter too. But you're right, two holes. Steroids. Uh, that's true. You're right, steroids. Uh, well, listen, I will say this. Even though you sound like it sometimes because you're so good, you're not on steroids, and you're the greatest sports talking in the history of the business. Every time you come on, uh, Chris, for me, it's a big, big deal. So thank you for joining us this morning. Your points were excellent and uh, well put out there. Thank you so much. Stay well. We'll talk again very soon. Book.
and keep it up, and Godspeed to Bernie and keep the book. All right, thank you, thank you, Chris. I will send your regards to uh, to Bernard, and thank you on the book comments, too. There he is, folks. Everyday Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM, the MLB Network, High Heat. That is a great baseball show. And, of course, his weekly segments, Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. He is the legend, the great, part of that Mike and the Mad Dog combination, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Still to come this hour, Lydia Serrani and Bill O'Reilly. Some more Springsteen Thunder Road before Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Wall Street's losing streak goes on. More key economic reports today. New iPhone sales lower overseas. Those stories next. Inflation's at a 40-year high. Interest rates are through the roof, and your retirement accounts are especially vulnerable. That's why the precious metal dealers at American Hartford Gold will show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by adding physical gold and silver to your portfolio. Get started with just a quick text to Lou, L-O-U, at 998899, and American Hartford Gold will have physical gold and silver delivered right to your front door or deposited to your IRA or 401K. It's that easy. And for a limited time, when you text L-O-U to 998899, American Hartford Gold will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Text Lou now to 998-899. That's L-O-U to 998-899. And see what American Hartford Gold can do for you. Once again, text Lou to 998-899. Now. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Stocks coming off another losing session. The Dow Jones Industrials riding a five-day slump. The S&P hit a new closing low for the year yesterday. Global economic fears are rising as the September sell continues. Investors getting a look at new economic data today. The housing price index forecast to show a slight 0.3% increase between July and August. The sharp increase in mortgage interest rates has caused some problems for the housing market. The Consumer Confidence Index is forecast to increase again. Economists targeting a jump from 103.2 to an even 104 this month. Consumers still spending despite inflation. Sales of the iPhone 14 weaker than expected in China. 10% fewer Chinese customers have bought the new iPhone iPhone compared to last year's model in the first few weeks of sales. In the United States, meanwhile, iPhone sales are reaching record highs. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Sid, this uh, video went viral. I had posted it on my Twitter over the weekend, but we couldn't get a lot of information on it because the NYPD wasn't giving it to us. The MTA wasn't giving it to us. In the video, you see a woman being chased across uh, Howard Beach train station. Yes. It's the train that you would take to how you know to, yes. to the airport to JFK. And this guy with the red sneakers like throws her up against like some sort of wall and then he's kicking her in the head nowhere else but in the head yep. over and over and over again we now know that this guy was a homeless guy he is a murderer he killed his grandmother he stabbed his sister with a screwdriver Jeez. 
He's attacked several people with, uh, you know, various objects at a psychiatric center. He most recently he committed robberies, larcenies, criminal mischief, all while on parole. <laughs> so you would Jesus. think this guy, if he did all these crimes, uh, you know, he's on parole till 2024, right? That he, as soon as you commit a crime, you're on parole, right? What's the point of parole? You should go back in jail. Oh, no, no, not because of the bail reform law. So this guy He's still allowed, his name is Wahid Foster, to roam the streets. So he approached this woman, tried to kick it to her, you know, made advances. She ignored him. She's a security guard at JFK Airport. And then he just pounced on her and attacked her. So she spoke to ABC7 Eyewitness News to N.J. Burkett, friend of mine, very good reporter. Oh, he was her just across is- the street, by the way, yesterday, N.J. Burkett, outside of Chuck Schumer's offices, doing interviews there as well, uh, N.J. He's, he's, he's a fantastic reporter. This poor woman, this victim, Elizabeth Gomes, just working hard, trying to get to work early in the morning. She's in her uniform. The video's hard to watch. If you want to see it, it's on my Twitter, at Lydia News. She's bloodied. She may lose an eye now. Take a listen oh to God. part of this report. Do you know how scared I am now? I was never a person to be scared. Elizabeth Gomes was beaten so badly, she stands to lose the vision in her right eye. Her head throbs with pain, and she's barely slept in a week. Not since she was attacked in the Howard Beach Air Train Station six days ago. I can't see anything on my right side, honestly. And it just hurts. Jeez, that's terrible. Uh, you know, what, what, listen, I don't know what else to say. We, you know, we have these stories. Uh, you do a great job, Lydia, of pointing out the new ones every day. They must be told because, again, if you're even considering voting for one of these Democrats, whether it's Gregory Meeks in Queens or Kathy Hochul for governor, you need to have your head examined because uh, they allow this to go on day in and day out. With uh, very little, by the way, excuse. I mean, even even uh, this idiot, uh, Janine uh, Pierre, whatever her name is, at the White House yesterday, she refused to answer a very easy question, Lydia, from Peter Ducey. Does Joe Biden recognize a crime issue in the big cities? Her answer was, that's not a yes or no question. What? I know. I, I know that's what's really sad about all this. This woman, she's a young woman, her husband. They also interviewed him. And he he was like shaking. You could tell he was so angry. People have to understand this was preventable. Do you think I like talking about these crimes? But you have to think about it. This could be you. This could be me. This could be my mother. This could be my sister. This could be my kid someday. You know, I, I just don't understand. By the way, it would never be my mother because if this guy messed with Naomi, she would huh. kill him with her bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. Well, I mean, I saw this story and every time I walk anywhere in the city, I know I, I carry my zapper in my hand, my purple zapper. And I thought about it, about this woman. She's a security guard. Like maybe we're going to have to do some Charles Bronson style. If you, she should get him shot in the head at this point. <laughs> you know, this maniac should have never been out oh, on the buddy. streets to yep. begin with. Thank yep. God the judge is now keeping him behind bars. And like the animal that he is, actually, that's a diss to animals. And he should stay there. And he's been charged with felony assault. I think he should be charged with an attempted murder. That's I what I think. So listen to Cats at Night, 5 o'clock. John Katz, Matidis. We stand for truth, justice, and the American way. We talk about crime. We talk about immigration. All the issues that matter to me and you and people out there. Vote, vote, vote. Get these radical Democrats out that care more about criminals than about you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
7. WABC News Time is now 8.41. 60 degrees on this beautiful Tuesday morning in New York City. Before I get to the great Bill O'Reilly, I just want to make a quick mention here. Frank Siller, you know, they had that uh, T2T run race on Sunday. And I was so proud of New York. About 32,000 showed up and ran, including uh, guys from our station like Dominic Carter and Greg Kelly and Frank Morano. It was a great day on Sunday. And I want to go all the way back to the 100-year gala where Bill O'Reilly was at, by the way, with Makeda. And it was a wonderful night. And Frank Siller and the, that foundation, uh, Tunnel to Towers, they actually sponsored that night. Frank has become a very, very good friend of mine. Obviously, works very closely with Leslie. He's great to this station. His brother, Stephen, uh, gave the ultimate sacrifice on 9-11, running through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel with about 80 pounds of fire department stuff on his back. Still climbed into those buildings. And again, the ultimate sacrifice. Cannot say enough about Frank Siller, Tunnel to Towers, Stephen Siller, what they mean to the fabric of New York City. I know Bill O'Reilly would agree. What they mean to the fabric of this city and really the heart of our country. So thank you very much to Frank Siller and T2T for sponsoring that 100-year gala and, of course, all the work they do in this city every day. New York loves you. Sid Rosenberg loves you. Thank you, Frank. Talking about Sid Rosenberg loves you. I do love Bill O'Reilly. He's on twice this week. We're very lucky. His brand-new book is out today, the same day my gorgeous wife, Danielle, celebrates a birthday. This one is Killing the Legends in this amazing Killing series with Bill O'Reilly and Marty Dugard. So here he is, in my opinion, the greatest, and I mean that, the greatest of all time, 9 o'clock weeknights here on WABC, my friend Bill O'Reilly. Happy Book Day, Bill. Yeah, and happy birthday to Danielle. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So Killing the Legends, A Lethal Danger of Celebrity is a contemporary history. Um, All of those listening to us right now are influenced today by these three men, and that's why we wrote the book. Um, Can I ask you a question, though? Did did you sit down? Did you sit down and say, okay, I've got Elvis Presley. Well, my wife loves, by the way, Ava, my daughter. They're in Wales together right now in college, and she actually bought an Elvis album. Uh, Elvis Presley, John Lennon, and Muhammad Ali. Did they come to mind first so you wrote the book, or were you thinking of three legends to write the book? They came to mind first because I wanted to do a, a book different from the usual history books that we did. The last one, Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorism, hard history Uh, what's happening in uh, the world as far as protecting America is concerned. I want to do something a little bit different. And, you know, these three guys in my life are pretty vivid. And I think everybody, you know, if you're born a baby boomer or even after uh, they were at the height of their fame, you know who they are. So let me give an example. Um, Elvis Presley... High school graduate, Mississippi truck driver, okay? Unbelievable talent, by the way, unbelievable. And when he was trying to develop as a singer, the United States was a conformist nation. After World War II, Dwight Eisenhower came in as president. Everybody did the same thing. Everybody looked the same. Everybody talked the same. It was conformity down the line. All of a sudden, this guy blows it all up (laughs) single-handedly. 
So he goes on, Ed Sullivan, everybody will remember that. He's, they won't shoot him below the waist. He's swiveling down there, whatever he's doing. Um, uh, the girls are screaming. They're going crazy. Guys are growing their hair long, slicking it back. Pastors are burning his records. Parents are yelling at their kids, don't play that. It was an un- unbelievable cultural event, okay, engineered by a Mississippi teenager. Now, how historical is that? Huge. Huge. I, I mean, and then, you know, you talk about all those issues he was dealing with and a lot of white people that hated him because he danced like a quote-unquote black person. Like, what the hell is this? What is well, this guy? it had repercussions everywhere. And then about eight years later, you've got the Beatles and another revolution, uh, particularly um after they got going in the late 60s when they became the sex, drugs, and rock and roll band, uh, you know, the glitter, psychedelic stuff, changed everything. In the meantime, in the middle of that, you've got Muhammad Ali, who becomes the greatest athlete on the planet. African Americans have a role model, a visible role model, all over the world, and the guy becomes... um, a megastar. All three of them lose control of their lives. That's what drew me in mm. to do the history. Well, 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 while we're talking about the history, then we know about Ali draft dodging, and then eventually he died. He had all those uh, issues, obviously health problems. Uh, Elvis dies on the toilet, a drug overdose, very embarrassing. John Lennon murdered outside of the Dakota during a Monday night football game, by the way. Dolphins and Patriots, Howard Cosell, announced it to the world that night. But what was the controversy? What was, where did John Lennon lose control, like Ali the draft dodger and Elvis fighting with just about everybody? He became a heroin addict. That's it. That's it. Yep. And just and nobody just, and, knows that. And just stayed in bed with Yoko Ono for days at a time. <laughs> that's what that's what wrecked the Beatles. Yep. The hardcore drug use that Lennon embraced. Nobody knows it. Nobody. And and so all three of these men allowed themselves allowed themselves, they're not victims, to be betrayed. They were all betrayed. In, in ways that are, when you read this book, every page you go, oh, yep, yep, yep. And they were the most powerful, successful people in the world, and behind the scenes, absolute chaos. So the theme of the book is that, and the lethal danger of celebrity is a subtitle. Fame is unnatural. It is not a natural state for a human being to be famous, because everything in your life changes. And you can see it. You can see the legion of people who have died young, crushed by this celebrity. I mean, the two most famous men in this country now are Trump and Biden. Both have been crushed by celebrity. Both of them. Whole personalities have changed. Whole uh, outlook on life have changed because of their fame. People don't know that. They don't know how corrosive and dangerous it is, particularly with social media now. Right. Well, you know that. I mean, look, I'm not going to put you on the level of Muhammad Ali, but you are a legitimate, and I mean this, a legitimate superstar. And uh, you've had people after you, and they succeeded, by the way, people after you for a long time. Many people like me love and revere you, but certainly you have felt the effects of some of this. 
And that's in, that was a perspective that I could bring to this book as an author because when I was younger, I wanted to be famous. Right. And I never thought about the downside of it. I should have. I was dopey. I should have said, hey, you know, O'Reilly, if you're going to get on TV every night and spout off about politics and everything else, some people are going to hate you. I should have figured that out. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah. And then so when the success, my success mounted, I didn't protect myself um, as I should have. And, and here they come. Okay. So that is what we have in America with one additional topping. Celebrity in America is now a sport. And people believe, some people, that they have a right to hurt famous people, and they root for those people to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. You see it on the Internet yeah. every day. Yeah. I mean, The View is the best example I can give you. If you don't believe me, watch that show. Well, I've got tape of you on that show, actually, which uh, goes to But it to was a whole different thing when right. Barbara Walters was <laughs> right. there. Okay. It was. It was. But now it is a one hour of pure hate sponsored by Walt Disney. Yeah, yeah. So if you are a celebrity and they don't like you on that show, they're going to tear you to blank in pieces. And all of this is a cumulative effect on people. And the betrayal factor with Lenin, Presley, and Muhammad Ali is just off the chart. I got to tell you this, though, because uh, I did read the book, and the book is magnificent. I, I personally don't find Ali to be a very sympathetic figure. I know he had Parkinson's, and he died kind of a—he was a mess. But uh, certainly Elvis died a very young man. Lenin was assassinated. Those two guys, I did find that to be the case. But here you found a rock and roll artist, the king of rock and roll, and a boxer. And think about what you just said moments ago. The two guys today are a president and a former president. What happened to our great entertainers and athletes and guys that you would think about writing a book in 50 years about? They don't really exist, do they? Well, there's a tremendous amount of talent in America, a tremendous amount of creativity. But the danger zone is so intense that if you're a Tom Cruise, you can't come out of the house. Right, right. So it's a whole different thing. When you were John Wayne 50 years ago, John Wayne pretty much do what he wanted to do. If John Wayne were on the scene now, number one, the view would tear him to pieces, okay? And his image would be, you know, tattered all over the place. But the, the common thread between Elvis Presley, John Lennon, and Muhammad Ali is that they're not victims. You're absolutely right. But the betrayal that they allowed to happen, they had to see it. They had to see it because they weren't stupid men. They were not educated, but they, they weren't stupid. No. Okay? And Muhammad Ali, to allow himself to be beaten, almost killed in Manila with Joe Frazier, that's how we opened that section. Yep. All right? He was yep. almost killed in the ring. They had him back fighting in four months, they being the nation of Islam which profited unbelievably from the purses that Ali brought in. Ali didn't have any money at the end. Elvis almost had to file bankruptcy. I think he was worth, uh, according to the movie, which I did watch, and I read your book, which is brilliant, much better than the movie, but the movie with Tom Hanks and the kid Austin did a very good, Austin Butler, they said he was worth about $5 million when he died. Well, it was, he, they had to sue. The Elvis Presley estate, after they had to sue Tom Parker. That's the 
role that Hanks played. Right. Um, to break the contract that sucked up all the money that Elvis made and gave it to Parker. Right. He was the degenerate gambler, that guy, Parker. A million dollars a year. He had unlimited credit. He was losing in Vegas. Wow. And he was just. But Elvis let it happen. And, you know, come on. If you look at Elvis Presley in 1967 when he made his comeback with the leather jacket and all that, and you look at him 10 years later, Elvis had to have a mirror in the house. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Can you not see what's happening to you? I think people still loved him. I, I, I think it didn't matter. I mean, I know Priscilla it didn't was. It the audience. Right. But it mattered to history. Sure. You're right. You're right. You know, I mean, yep. these were these were titans. And the final thing I want to get people uh, interested in reading Killing the Legends is there is a reason in the New Testament that Judas Iscariot is featured so prominently in the story of the last days of Jesus. There is a reason that is in there. The betrayal factor for famous people is off the blanking chart. Hmm. It's all driven yeah. by money. Yep. But when you see this stuff, when you read about it, you go, I, you know, and, you know, that's what we do in the killing books. We give you information that you have never seen or heard. Oh, yeah. What you do is you provide a brand new perspective, too. So like you're talking about now, you've heard of Ali, you've heard of Lenin, you've heard of all these folks. But you're right. You, you do come to realize that all three men were betrayed because, again, I think most people like those guys. They had the life. I mean, they died young, some of them, but they had the life. And as you point out, not necessarily. You've said to me on this show, Bill O'Reilly, that of all your killing books, and you've sold 20 million of these things, they're all amazing, they're all New York Times bestsellers, that this one may be the best. You still stand by that? I don't know if it's the best per se history, but it's certainly the most emotional book. Um, when you're reading this, if you don't have emotions, anger, sadness, um, even happiness, you know, to see a guy like... Uh, uh, Muhammad Ali overcome everything yeah. and become the world's greatest prize fighter. I mean, it's it's a stirring story. And a guy, a truck driver from Mississippi, become the biggest star on the planet. <laughs> and a kid from Liverpool with a terrible, terrible family background rise up to uh, not lead the Beatles, but co-lead them with McCartney. Yep. And, you know, you, you're seeing this kind of stuff, but, boy, is it a double-edged sword. Whoa. Yep. You know, and yep. that's, that's the history of the book, being a celebrity in this age in America, dangerous. 60 seconds to go, Bill. Have you already thought about what's next? Yes, we're, we're writing it now. We got one more killing book under contract. Really? One more. Wow. And uh, we're writing it now. Uh, I can't make an announcement now. I will before Christmas. We'll do it on your show. Awesome. Um, but it's, you know, another uh, fairly shocking situation. <laughs> well, you know, they always are. Well, congratulations on this one. I've read this book. It's an amazing book, folks. Please do yourself a favor and go buy it. Killing the Legends. It is out today. Elvis Presley, John Lennon, Muhammad Ali, and anytime Bill O'Reilly and Marty Dugard sit down and write a Killing Series book, it's always amazing. This one, no different. You're going to love it. And again, you know, I have all these, these names you're very familiar with, Elvis, Lennon, Ali. So I think you folks are really going to enjoy it and of course uh, bill makes you think about a side of these folks you never thought about before especially in this book congratulations bill best of luck we'll talk again on thursday you're the best i love you 
Thanks for having me in, Sid. You're See the best. You. All right, there he is, the great Bill O'Reilly. Go get it today, folks. It's out there. You can get it. You can get it. Killing the legends, Elvis Presley, John Lennon, and Muhammad Ali. We will come back with the fourth and final hour of this epic Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning. Only right here on your talk leader in New York City, Talk Radio 77, WABC. and Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sixty-two degrees outside here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Today's fourth and final hour of the number one news talk Nielsen-rated show in New York. We are Bernie and Sid, self-proclaimed best talk show in the country. I'll be on another talk show coming up at 4 o'clock this afternoon, joining uh, Craig Carton and Evan Roberts on WFAN, promoting my new book, Citizens United. Craig was uh, kind enough, along with Chaz Palminteri and Peter King, Miranda Devine, and Bill O'Reilly. To write a blurb for the book, of course, uh, the book has two great forwards, John Katsimatidis and Bernard. But uh, Craig did write a, a blurb for the book. It was very good, actually. So I'll make an appearance with those guys coming up later on today at uh, 4 o'clock. And um, then tomorrow night I've got this uh, big Citizens United book signing slash steak dinner party at the First American Warehouse or the America First Warehouse, excuse me, I get confused. The America First Warehouse in lovely Ronkonkoma, Long Island, with my friends Joe the Box, Andrew Giuliani, Johnny Tobacco, Tina Forte, the whole crew, and that is coming up tomorrow night. I guess uh, Danielle must be listening because she thanked Bill O'Reilly for wishing her a happy birthday. You don't get a uh, Bill O'Reilly happy birthday wish every day, Lou. You know how that, many, right? How many people have gotten that? Not many. Well, of course you don't get one every day. It's for your birthday. You get it once a year. You know what I mean, doofus. No, well. I'm not being literal when I say that, but I know. I you're just jealous because Bill O'Reilly has no idea when your birthday uh, is. He's texting me every birthday for the last six years. Who picks up the phone when he calls? Is that you? Yes. Is he nice to you? I mean, we talk for probably three and a half seconds at most. Like, how does it go? It go. Uh, yeah, I like the way he answers the phone. He just answers it saying O'Reilly. O'Reilly. He's like O'Reilly. O'Reilly. And what do you say? O'Reilly. I said, uh, uh, "Good goes, morning, you Mr. Don't tell O'Reilly." Him your name. Did, did you did hear you... my sports report? It was. Oh, did you, God, what did you think? You, you don't do and that. Immediately, I just, I just hear the phone. Call. I missed it again, Phil. <laughs> you got several <laughs> scores wrong. It's all right. It'll be in my next book. <laughs> Killing the Dixon. Oh, that's a pretty good Bill O'Reilly, by the just way, Lou. Put me on hold for O'Reilly? Sid, if you please. <laughs> right. 
Does I even know? No does, do you say your you. name? Do you say it's Why Phil? I introduce my. Hey, hey uh, uh, big fan, big fan. Uh, it's Phil here. I'm the. A- he doesn't care. Right. So you just say, "Hold on." That's yeah, it. I just yeah. I, I answer the phone like I do with most guys. You know, hello. Yeah. Uh, how Listen, I week? say it every time, and um, like I get these like horrible tweets once in a while from the O'Reilly haters. You know, and that's fine. But I say this all the time. It's surreal to me. That Bill O'Reilly, you know, he he wanted to come on today. We didn't book Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly booked himself. His book is coming out today. He knows I've got the number one show in New York, and he wanted to come on. If you would have said to me 20 years ago, right, when I was filling in for Joe Boningo overnights talking about the Brooklyn Dodgers with Brooklyn, um, what's his name, Al from Brooklyn? Shorty from Brooklyn? Short Al. Yeah. That I'd be, uh, you know, Bill O'Reilly would take me to a Nick game and three sh- Met games and want to come on my show. Want to come on my show to promote his book. I would have said, what, Lou? Jerome from the Bronx. Oh, to my Bill God. O'Reilly. How about this? No, it was Jerome from Manhattan. Manhattan. But how about this? I got an Instagram direct message yesterday. Val from Brooklyn's son. He was another classic. There was Jerome from Manhattan. Val from Brooklyn. Doris. From Regal Park, God rest her soul. She had throat cancer. She would choke the whole phone call. In fact, I was doing a, a late Saturday night show once with um, Scott Farrell. And Doris called in. And she started choking. And Farrell's like, I'll oh, get it out there, Doris. Come on, get it out. Oh, Chernoff fired him that night. That night he fired him. Yeah, he, he didn't like any dealings uh, hammering Doris. No, you I couldn't make that. fun of the, you the, the, the chronics. You couldn't make fun of the chronics. Todd from New Windsor talking about the Mets. I so want to do Joe it right from now. Staten Island talking about the Yankees. <laughs> I, can't. I mean, so like when I go visit those guys today, like, and I love you know Craig is it's a great store. I like Craig. You don't like I don't care. I like him. Uh, we had issues for ten years. We hated each other. It was well publicized. We've gotten past that now, and I think he's a really really talented guy. I really do, but I don't want to do that again. You know, I mean, I love what we do here. I love the opportunity to talk to really smart people. I mean, I would take these phone calls for like a half hour at the fan. Uh, Sid, you think there's any chance we can trade Joe McEwing for Greg Maddox? Sure, why not? And this will go on for like an hour, two hours. Like the dumbest things you've ever heard. Like, like what, what's wrong with you? Know, you get a chance to talk to smart people, even people you disagree with. And by the way, we still do our fair share of sports, pop culture, entertainment, all that fun stuff. But you're not talking to Bill O'Reilly on the fan. You know, you're talking to me. The, the smartest you get is Aaron Boone. You know, or the uh, or who's the Mets skipper? Uh, Buck Showalter. If they even go on there anymore, I don't know. They only got the Yankees. Said first time, long time. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. You know, like I, I, I heard Brandon Tierney's rant yesterday on the Jets. It was great. Brandon's a super guy. Him and Tiki do the midday show. They're good guys. I like them both. And Brandon's a very talented guy, too. It was very Joe Beningo-esque. But I have to tell you, I couldn't do it. I can't muster that emotion anymore. Now, you want me to get pissed off? I bet you could. Or for a couple of million, I could. But to be, if I'm going to be genuine and authentic, I can't. You want me to get pissed off about Eric Adams? That's authentic. You want me to get pissed off about the crime in New York City? That's authentic. The Giants? Losing to Dallas? Really? No. No. And it all changed for me uh, that summer of 2014. Told you this many, many times. Came back to New York. I was doing a morning show in Miami. And uh, got 40 shows 
on the fan, a dream come true for Mark Chernoff. And I left in August, and I said to Danielle, what am I doing? Terrorist attacks all over the world. Barack Obama was a mess here. And I'm yelling and screaming with Mark Malusis about Eli Manning. And I said to my, my wife, I said, I can't do it. And I started to change my show in Florida at that point. And here we are today with the number one show, talk show, news talk in New York City. And again, it doesn't, I'm not demeaning sports talk. I, I, I did it for many years. That was my thing. I loved it. I was great at it. And it paved the way for me to do this. But I ain't going back to that. Unless <laughs> they got $5 million. You know, then we can talk. You know. Even then, I don't know. I, I love working here. I love John and Margot. I love Chad. And I love having the flexibility to do what we do here, which is a wide range, a wide range of topics. There, I told you this story. I mentioned Bill O'Reilly's name, just his name. And Shoney called me in the office. You know, his name is very polarizing. There's a lot of liberals. I don't want to hear his name. Shoney, all I said was, Bernie is going to be on his show tonight. That was it. That's enough. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. Really? Say, so why is DJ LeMayu batting fourth <laughs> instead of second? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, what yeah. are the Yankees thinking? All day. All day long. I mean, who can care about that? Who? Yeah, Phil, because, Phil, you have to understand, you're a young guy. You don't have kids. I get all that. But believe me, before Ava was born and Gabe was born, what you care about is what I cared about. But then eventually, you grow up a little bit. And where DJ LeMay, who bats in the batting order, or whether or not Jalen Brunson gets $100 million or eighty, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because when the bill comes for my son's school, and it's $140,000, and the school still sucks because it's New York City, that matters. When my daughter walks outside the apartment, and I'm worried because she's gorgeous, that some pervert, some lowlife is going to beat her up, maybe rape her, that matters. Dirk Nowitzki retiring, doesn't matter. Giants losing last night, doesn't matter. Mets, doesn't, I hate to say it, I love the Mets. Doesn't matter. Where, where would you rank Adam Fox right now in the uh, Now, that defense? matters. No, hold on a second. That's right. Rangers. Does. That's different. Does. That's different. Yeah. Look at all that blue. You just I actually had blood. a back and forth with my great buddy Tom Mango. And uh, let me sell it to uh, Rita, the great waitress at Kennedy's. We had a back and forth Saturday night about Adam Fox versus Brian Leach. I uh, hope you recorded it. It was amazing. They would have loved it on the fan. What a waste of time. Am I right? No. Rangers are different. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you listen, at a, at a dinner conversation, great. We talked about Biden. We talked about Trump. We talked about Hoko Zeldin, all that stuff. Then we had a little range of talk. It's fine. But to go to work and spend four hours a day talking about that stuff and idiots like you, Phil, calling wow. in as if the world is coming to an end, I just couldn't do it anymore. I mean, look, I had Chris Russo on this morning. He's legendary. He is, he's a brilliant entertainer. But don't kid yourself. He actually cares. Like, he's really upset with Apple TV about Apple. He's really upset. He only said it five times. He did not manufacture (laughs) that. He's really upset. But I say this all the time. The great radio guys, 
Authenticity is what matters most. If you have to act it out, some guys are really good. Eventually, you're going to be exposed. When you're genuine, when you're authentic in what you do or don't love, you are great. Christopher Russo is great. Joe Beningo was great. Mike Francesa, smart guy, knows his sports. Not as good as those guys because, truth be told, Mike has a lot of other interests. And he could never muster that type of emotion, even with the Yankees. Same thing with politics. Bill O'Reilly, the best ever, cares. And now I care about this. And that's the name of the game. So I'm going to have a lot of fun today. I love Craig. I love Evan. Evan's a great guy. We'll talk some sports. But then I get to come back here tomorrow and talk to the folks about stuff that matters. I'm sick and tired of it. Education, money, war, health, sometimes your health, sometimes the health of the country. It matters. I mean, look, if the Mets blow the NL East, they lose all three in Atlanta this weekend. I'll be upset Monday morning for like 15 minutes. It'll go away. My daughter going to college, she left Friday. I'm still a mess. A mess. I walk by her room and I cry. And she's alive and well and healthy and has an opportunity of a lifetime. I still cry every time I walk by her room. See, that's real life, Phil. That's when things start to change. Real life stuff. That's when, again, Derek Rose, how many minutes he gets you know, behind um, Jalen Brunson. Sorry, Corey Zelnick. Don't matter. Doesn't matter. Kevin Durant, that idiot. Great basketball player, but a complete tard. Oh, God, an unlikable. I mean, that whole team is a bunch of jerk-offs. Every one of them. I'm sorry, Margo, but Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. I mean, they're all unlikable. So they may win a championship. They may not. Who cares? Well, I guess the owner cares. He's got millions wrapped up in these idiots, but. You get my point, Phil. If you figure this yeah, thing out, yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I know what you mean. It doesn't matter in a vacuum. But I think sports in a vacuum. Yeah, in a vacuum. Like you, you don't like mean that. like a, you don't mean like a, a literal vacuum. No, no, right. not like a one that you plug into the wall and close right. the floor. Like Hoover. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really matter in a vacuum. I think it's it's a good um, it's a good escape because uh, you know. The, but what are you escaping from? You've got no issues. The world of politics is very depressing a lot of the time. But you don't even live in that world. I mean, I do live in it. Oh, you come here, you listen to me talk for a couple of hours, you're on the computer watching whatever you watch, uh, basketball. You don't live in it. You don't have to deal with uh, kids and taxes I don't know and kids. schools. Yeah. Well, I, have, and, I have to deal with taxes. I'm an adult. You're not an adult, bro. You live at home. What do you pay for that's, that, that's yours? Every, pretty much everything that isn't a house. Who pays for your car? Me. That's a lie. Well, how is it a lie? Who pays your insurance? Your father. Uh, my, I'm, I'm on my parents' insurance. That's, yeah, that's one thing. Right, right. That's one thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. two. Right. Mm-hmm. Those, uh, those grapes we had before, my mom got me those, too. And where do you live? I live in Jersey. In whose house? My parents' house. Correct. I'm picking on Macedonia, Phil. Meanie loves you. Oh, my God. He's putting the boxing gloves on. Meanie loves you. Don't pick on Macedonia, Phil. Listen, I, I'm not I'm not embarrassed to be supported. Actually, it's, I think it's a great thing to ha- be able to have you know the parent. My parents are both immigrants. To have them uh, get to the point where they could support me, it's it, it's honorable. You know, I'm I'm proud of them to get to that point. They every parent wants to do it, no, but um, no, we don't, Phil. Yes, they do. No, we don't. No, no. 
We uh, we love you. We're always there to help you. We want to, we want you out. My parents. That's the difference. My parents don't want me to leave. Oh, no, they do. I'm like I'm I'm leaving. No, 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 like, no, no, no. They do. They do. They do. Desperately, by the way. Me? Yes. You, you think someone would want me to leave? Of all me? Come on. Look <laughs> who you're talking to. Good point. One eight hundred eight four eight W A B C. We need a contestant right now for Beat Sid. Your chance at cash and prizes, thanks to the very generous Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers, 1-800-848-9222. Call in and play this morning. We'll come back on Bernie and Sid right after this. The funny, though. The very funny. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Danielle's listening right now from Wales. So a little happy birthday. Long distance Casey Kasem dedication from one Louis Joaquin Rufino to Danielle Kimberly Khan Rosenberg. Very nice of you, Louis. Yeah, it's my hidden uh, ethnic group. What are you eating? I, I have never mind what I was eating. <laughs> but What's the difference? Well, because you're eating on the air. So people in their car going, is Lewis eating? Yes, Lewis is eating. What are you eating? I had a uh, cookie. I'm feeding him imported grapes. Your grapes are good. Thanks. Yeah, I had a couple of your grapes. They're homegrown. Yeah. And the ones that come out of the ground are even better. Even better. <laughs> See what he did there? Oh. I saw that. See that? That's very, very good. <laughs> Thank you on uh, Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney and Facebook for all the lovely Danielle messages. She sees them all. Even Vinny Madunio. I love Vinny Madunio. The kid's on uh, Saturday night and Sunday now. The music kid, he sent a uh, happy birthday wish to Danielle. How about that? <laughs> that sounds so good, fellas. Uh, yeah, yeah, the music kid. Yeah, uh, the music yeah. kid, that you kid, know. Uh, that yeah. kid is on the way, you know. Uh, He's good. He plays good music. Don't worry about it. They say hi to Henry, the kid here. Yeah. yeah. Vinny Madunio. So he says uh, happy birthday, Danielle. And, and all of you, the chronics. You know, like I got these chronic people on Instagram. They're great people. Pat and... Uh, well, Mary and, uh, well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But thank you. It's very nice. Short Al. And... It's the first time in a long time that, um, um, well, I'm not going to say it because it's going to be uh, filthy. And But usually on Danielle's birthday. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to take a break. <laughs> oh, anyway. Phil had to close the door in yeah. case anybody, parents walk, this anybody walked in. So I'm going to be home having dinner with Gabe on his mom's birthday because... I have to go to the fan at 4 o'clock, and then Jesse Waters postponed it again. Predictable. Now he wants me to come on on Friday. Donald Trump will be president before I'm on the Jesse Waters show. Just trust me. <laughs> I mean, he postpones it every week. You might have a third book by then. I may. You could promote that. Happy birthday to your beautiful wife, my man, Charlie Marino. Cuzzy wished Danielle a happy birthday from me. My friend Joe Nunziato. Those are two great men right there. Charlie and uh, Nunziato, two great men. Jen Psaki. You know, I got to tell you, the more this Corrine Jean-Pierre speaks, the White House press secretary, the more I respect Jen Psaki. 
Now, I know we hated her. Bernie used to say terrible things about her. But the truth is, the truth is, and Bernie would even admit to this today if he would ever turn any of my text, which he doesn't anymore. But, um, and I just pray to God he's okay and I miss him and love him. But um, Jen Psaki was effective. She was great at her job. You didn't like what she said. I get it. You hated what she said. I know I did. She's on MSNBC now saying the same crap. But she was effective. She was smart. She could think on her feet. She was actually great at her job. Again, we don't like what she had to say. Those are two different arguments. She was great at her job. It's kind of like Trump and Biden. If you didn't think Donald Trump was great, look at the guy now. If you didn't think Jen Psaki was great, just watch Corrine Jean-Pierre, and you will come to the crashing and unfortunate realization that Saki was actually great. So here she is uh, Sunday. She's out with my friend Chuck Todd, who's completely lost it. <laughs> he did wish me a Rosh Hashanah yesterday. Happy Rosh Hashanah. But he's completely shot. Uh, Saki's on, and she's talking about how the Democrats are in big trouble come midterms and that they better not make this election about Joe Biden, that the Democrats are very vulnerable during this time. Jen Psaki, NBC, Meet the Press. Lewis, let's start with cut number nine. I think that Democrats, if the election is about uh, who is the most extreme, um, as we saw, you know, Kevin McCarthy touch on there with Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'll say her name, sitting over his left side, then they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is a referendum on the president, they will lose. She's and they right. know that. She's right. If it's a referendum on Joe Biden, they're going to lose. She does, as I mentioned, go on to talk about the Democrats' vulnerability. Lewis, this is Jen Psaki, cut number 10. They also know that crime is a huge vulnerability for Democrats. I would say one of the biggest vulnerabilities. And if you look at Pennsylvania, for example, what's been interesting to me is it's always you follow the money and where Mm -hmm. are people spending money. And in Pennsylvania, the Republicans have been spending millions of dollars on the air on crime ads against Fetterman because that's where they see his vulnerability. So, yes, the economy is hanging over everything. But you do have to look at state by state factors. And crime is a huge issue in the Pennsylvania race. Well, she mentioned John Fetterman there, Jen Psaki. John Fetterman, of course, is running against my friend Dr. Oz in the state of Pennsylvania. And much like Kathy Hochul, who refuses to debate Lee Zeldin, she gave him one. He said, shove it. October 25th is too late. No thanks. Same issue going on in Pennsylvania between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz. In fact, somebody asked John Fetterman about a debate yesterday And he really had no response. Lewis, this is John Fetterman, cut number 20. Hey, John, how come you won't debate Dr. Oz before the voting starts? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Drive home safely. No answer. No. I mean, what is with these people running for political office who don't debate? What is that? I will punch you across the face. You hear that, Phil? Yeah, Phil. Sorry, we could debate. Uh, Phil would debate in two seconds. Phil is a is a tremendous a linguist. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Indubitably, I am. Yeah. He has, Phil has, without any question, without any question, captured the English language. He's, he's, his vocabulary is like no one else's. That's, that's a definite. I feel is like that being, to say? I feel like you're being 100% serious. Just 98%. Oh. Oh, there's my friend Mike Dodino doing a great job with uh, WABC Sports. Good morning, Michael. Did you hear that Chris Cuomo 
actually kind of admitted that it was uh, probably improper to put his brother, the disgraced governor, Andrew Cuomo on CNN. Remember those guys? They were yucking it up when people were dying from, I just laughed, when they were dying from COVID. These two animals, Chris and uh, Andrew Cuomo, he actually admitted that maybe there was a conflict of interest. This is uh, yesterday, Chris Cuomo, cut number 23. Did I think that they should be considered a conflict of interest? Ab initio, what? inherently, all day long. Where is that word? But there was complete transparency. You knew it was my brother. Well, this idea in. that Chris Cuomo had no boss. Chris Cuomo did as he liked, when he liked, how Such he liked. Jerk, uh, these are people who don't <laughs> know our business. No, they know the business. You did whatever you wanted to do. Jeffrey Zucker was there only in title, stealing millions and millions and millions of dollars. He's been fired or he resigned. Who knows since? So you did do whatever the hell you wanted to do. What was that word? Ab initio? I'm trying. I'm going to look it up. Talking about being a linguist. I mean, give me a, a break. Dive into the me. ocean shirtless and shut up. When did Chris Cuomo become a uh, George Will? When did I miss that? What word is that again? I'll no. debate him. You'll debate him? I'll debate him, and I'll use that word against him. One more story here. <laughs> they are weird, those <laughs> yeah. two. Uh, Teresa Jewadice. Now <laughs> Teresa Ruelas, married to Lewis. Not you, Lewis. One of the, uh, she is the, the star, if you will. She is the star of Real Housewives of New Jersey. She is, what is that word? What, is, what are those letters they say the, um, when you're like the, the greatest of all time? You're not the GOAT. You're the, um, you know, the original. The, the original is the OG. What is it? She's the OG of all the Real Housewives. Whoever you think is popular, Bethany Frankel, New York. Maybe you think it's Kenya, Atlanta. All these housewife shows, the OG is Teresa because way back when, when she turned the table over, there you go, Phil, in New Jersey, that started the whole Real Housewives craze. And she's been there ever since. And uh, she's a relatively big star. She is. She makes over a million dollars a year, the whole thing. So they get, they get her on Dancing with the Stars. But there's one problem. She can't dance. So I think they eliminated her on the very first night. It was the second night. Okay. Teresa's gone, and she claimed that Len Goodman, the old man, didn't like her, which is probably true because, let's be honest, she's not very likable. I'm whatever. So she uh, spoke last night. The show is going right now? She's out. Well, you don't have the right two feet right there, and you're falling all over your housewife self. So Teresa spoke last night after being eliminated, and it sounded like this. Teresa cut 25. How, how am I feeling? I'm I, It was an amazing experience. I had a, an amazing partner. Um, yeah, I mean, I got to finally... I. My dream came true. I've always wanted to dance. Ay, ay, ay. I did two dances in front of a live audience. Yeah. And She's not going to be on Meet the Press anytime yeah. soon. I can tell you oh, that. I don't think Chuck Todd is going to have her on the panel anytime soon. Are you going to talk to her about the NASDAQ dropping or anything? No. Yeah. But hey, listen, congratulations. Right? She was just some Jersey housewife. Now she makes over a million dollars a year, maybe a couple of million. She's on Dancing with the Stars. So who am I to judge her? I mean, truth is, I want to be on Dancing with the Stars. Really badly. And I really can't dance that great either. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm a cute kid, so I look sexy. But, I, I mean, it's not like I can really dance. I got the same Brooklyn move for 40 years. Same move I did back at the Bay Club in 1981. How would that be great to watch you yeah. on that show? Well, they should put me on. 
Why not? Number one radio host, New York City. Oh God, good looking. You got more, nice clothes. More famous than a lot of those other schnooks. They right, right or there. wrong, right? right uh, totally right. You took it like a man, <laughs> Rosenberg, and you grabbed that Paso de Robla. <laughs> and you made it your own. Oh, my God. Man, make, how do you make it happen? I would, we we got we to talk to talk to your guy, the old host. Which one? The, the guy who was uh, oh, t- Tom. Uh, oh, Tom Bergeron. Tom Bergeron. He's my buddy. That's yes. right. I'm going to call him. He's probably some kind of consultant. Yeah, he's friends still. with Bruno, one of those guys. I don't know. I'm going to call him. If Teresa can do it. Damn it, so can I. God, Why not? All the people you know? Oh, Mike, it would, it would be a tremendous thing for W. Remember when um, Geraldo, who me and Bernie replaced, because his ratings were uh, 0.0, and his revenue was 0.0, but he was on, um, and I like Geraldo, and I love Marty even more, Marty uh, uh, Bauer. What's his name now? Marty, uh, his, his manager. Oh the, oh, the guy who was Oh, Marty Berman. Them. Marty Berman's Berman. a great guy. Yeah. He was actually at the gala that night, Marty Berman. He was at the gala. Well, he, of course. He I was, love him. He, he probably yeah. was. He was, on, he, he was on Celebrity Apprentice, Geraldo. But he lost to the girl from Entertainment Tonight. What was her name? Lisa? Le, uh, Gibbon? Gib, oh, Lisa Gibbons. Very good. Nice job, Lewis. Fired. There you go. <laughs> Now, it's time to Beat Bernie. It's time to Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to Beat Bernie. 77 WBC News Time is 947 and 61 degrees outside. This is Matt Meany here with your Peerless Boilers Beat Bernie. It's amended with Beat Sydney here. Brought to you by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to peerlessboilers.com or Tankless. Dot com for a dealer near you. You got it. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. All right, we have Marie, who is playing today uh, from New Jersey. Marie, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thanks. Cool, cool. Uh, big listener of the show? Every day. Love it, love Rest it. at night and sit and burning in the morning. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, so you know how the game goes. We're going to get right to it. All right. Number one. In January 2013, fans turned a statue of Stan Musial in what city into an informal memorial after the passing of the baseball great? No, I don't know that. All right. You want to take a stab at it? Never. Baltimore. Baltimore, wrong. Very good. Uh, All right. 0 for 1, Marie. This one may be a little easier here. Number 2. Accused of two murders, who was killed on November 24th, 1963, in front of literally millions of witnesses on live television? What year? 1963. John F. Kennedy? Close. Kind of close. It was, yeah. Three names, also his murder, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh. All right, let's try to get on the board here, Marie. In 2008, the NBA's Sonics left Seattle and moved to what city? (laughs) (laughs) Can't you give me a football question? Uh, No football questions on here today. Sorry, Marie. Uh, I need a hint. Let's give you a hint. I don't even know what it's the capital. It's in the middle of the country. Yes. uh, I don't even know. Uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant used to play for them. I don't know. Okay. We were looking for Oklahoma City. All right, Marie. 
We got you here. These last two are not sports related. They're television related. So maybe you can, you know, knock these off. Let's see. Number four, which television journalist ended the CBS Evening News with his signature phrase, and that's the way it is for the last time on March 6, 1981? Walter Cronkite. There we go. On the on the board, one for five, four. Here we go. Round it out. Let's go two for five here. Actress Veronica Hamill played Joyce Davenport on the TV series Hill Street Blues. What was Joyce Davenport's occupation on Hill Street Blues? DA. That works. Public defender. Yay. Attorney, two for five. Closed it out nicely there. Marie, hang Give on hold. On this one. What? Give me one for bonus. A bonus one. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Who is... Uh... Oh, that was yesterday's question about the Giants. Uh, I got nothing for you. We're going to put you on hold, and uh, let's play the we'll game, see. and then we'll get back to you. All right? What do I need to All win right. today, Maddie? Need two out of five. Marie from New Jersey went two for five. All right. All right. Here we go. Number one. In January 2013, fans turned a statue of Stan Musial in what city into an informal memorial after the passing of the baseball great? St. Louis. There you go. Stand the man. One for one. Accused of two murders. Who was killed on November 24th, 1963 in front of literally millions of witnesses on live television? 1963. Lee Harvey Oswald? Bang! Jack Ruby killed him. And then Jack Ruby died not long after that. Boom. See, getting all the info you need to know here, there folks. You go. Number three. In 2008, the NBA Sonics left Seattle and moved to what city? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'll give you the hint that I gave uh, Murray. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant played there. Yeah, it's Oklahoma City. There you go. The bigger, the bigger question is the Grizzlies uh-huh. in Van- Memphis. Where did they start? Vancouver. Very good. Brian Bryant Reeves, Oklahoma very State. Big country. Very Oklahoma good. Oklahoma State, baby. Nice job, Matt. That's a good one. There we go. Three yeah. for three, Sid. Number four, which television journalist ended the CBS Evening News with this signature phrase, and that's the way it is for the last time on March 6, 1981? Cronkite? Bam. And a specialty, as I have been writing the games for you here, Sydney, number five, actress Veronica Hamill played Joyce Davenport on the TV series Hill Street Blues. What was Davenport's occupation on the TV series? Oh, God, I don't remember. I did like that show. I especially loved the uh, the lead actor, Dan, uh, well, I forgot his name. Trevanti. Yeah, Danny Trevanti. She was a hooker. <laughs> she was putting hookers, or she, she was defending hookers. That's she was, what she was. A reformed oh, okay, It was right, attorney, whatever. public defender, lawyer oh. works, four for five. You beat Marie. Good try, Marie. Nice job, Sydney. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you. Excellent job, as yep. always. Our esteemed program director, the very handsome, I must tell you, Matt Meany. Marie, how are you, sweetheart? I'm very good. Thank you. Uh, you're in uh, you what, every what, day. Well, thank you, sweetie. Where are you in New Jersey? What part? Monroe. Oh, that's nice. My husband nice. and I recently moved to the 55 and over over here, and it's, it's great. We love it. Oh, good, 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 good. Well, uh, best of luck to you and your husband. Enjoy uh, where you're living. Thank you for listening to us every day. Thank you for playing, and God bless you. Well, thank you. Have a great day. You too, sweetheart. Marie right there from New Jersey. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. We wrap up this epic Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid. Right after these short messages. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC.
Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. dance 30 years ago june 25th 1992 my beautiful wife danielle celebrating a birthday today across the pond in wales with my daughter ava thank you also to abood and uh, frankie kravitz for the nice messages happy birthday danielle i love you with all my heart and i uh, can't wait for you to come home tomorrow night today was a, a terrific show really great want to thank all of our guests paul king running district five in queens for the house vote him in get gregory meeks out also on the program today, Rob Astorino, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, and the great Bill O'Reilly by his new book, Killing the Legends. It is out today. Back tomorrow with Peter King and a host of other guests. You can check me out later on this afternoon at 4 p.m. alongside Craig Carton and Evan Roberts on the afternoon show on WFAN and Jesse Waters that has been moved to Friday night. Great job by Justin Ellick, Macedonia Bill, the best ever, Lou Rufino. Frankie Diaz, Deb Valentine, the whole crew. Once again, we'll all be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Until then, from all of us to all of you, enjoy your sunny Tuesday in New York City. Peace!